When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, Adam Hunter. And me, Todd Rex, also known as T-Rex. Yes, T-Rex is back. Uh, I'm so mad at T-Rex because last... You still give me half your sandwich. I give you half a sandwich, but last Friday, a minute before the show, he says, I can't make it. It was like 10 minutes. It was one minute. I looked at the thing. It said one... I will show you the text. It says one minute. One minute. And actually, we're actually running late now because... Uh, my producer, who's not even here right now, uh, DJ, uh, I texted him back, hey, 12 to 2 today. And we get here, and he's like, oh, I thought it started at 2. Like, like, so I have a producer who can't read, and, and, and uh, I'm sure he can read, but, but he, he, he like, didn't read the text. That, so, uh, and, and a co-host that doesn't show up. This is, this is what I'm dealing with, people. Okay, <laughs> I'm trying to make it work. I booked the guests. Uh, T-Rex doesn't show up, and then says, oh, you, you. Hey, I, I got Dan on the show. You did get Dan. Yeah, but you didn't get on the show. Right. So, and so today it's one black dude per uh, per show. Right, we have a, one black. Per, <laughs> so last week you don't make it, and today the producer doesn't make it. You know what? Next week I'm not going to make it. We're just going to have a two hour show with nothing. It'll be just just that'll be the, probably the people who go. That was the best show you had. But, <laughs> I'll just sit here and talk smack about DJ. Regardless, yeah. So DJ doesn't show up. So now we have a guy working. Uh, Josh is working, who's never worked a thing. So this might not even be on the air because he's probably not recording any of this as we speak. No, Josh is on. I think he's checking his Facebook on the computer right now. <laughs> he's checking his MySpace. It's checking. Yeah. That's how exactly. So that's what we're doing right now. So uh, I had a show last Saturday at um, the John Lovitz Club, and a lot of people came out and supported. Nam Fan came. Nice. And it was fun about Nam Fan. Did you think it was Dat? Did you think it was Dat Family? I first it was that, yeah. Well, he, uh, Nam Fan's funnier. Um, but <laughs> I, so I thought. True. The thing about uh, no, Dat Fan's funny, but Nam Fan, he comes and he sits in the front row, and I just hit him up on Twitter, and Nam Fan looks like. An accountant. Uh, I'm not to say because he's Asian. That's but, horrible. But, but you would. I mean, he he looks like. Well, there are white guys with accountants too. But you would never know he can kick your ass. I mean, right. he, he brought this other Asian. Guy. It was like the math team showed up. But but they were, they were like he's the most polite, nicest, unassuming guy. It just goes to show you never mess with a guy ever because you don't know. Especially if he has cauliflower ear. But but especially so. Nam fan showed up. Thank you, Nam fan, for coming. Uh, and then Jake Ellenberger showed up. Nice. Uh, I love Jake Ellenberger, who actually called out Condit. He wants to fight Condit. Along with Tyron Woodley. Or along with Tyron Woodley, who's been texting Dana 15 times. How funny is that? <laughs> a he's, day. He's like, a day. He's like booty calling Dana <laughs> for fights. But, um, so yeah, so Ellenberger shows up with Carla Esparza, who's the Invicta champion, uh... Another girl, um, I keep thinking of her, uh, Kayana, who's a, a, an Asian uh, MMA, trains over at Black House. Uh, she, Jessica Penny. Oh, really? Uh, and, yeah, who's also a uh, former Invicta champion. And some girl, Tiffany Timebomb, uh, who's a <laughs> kickboxer. Now, all these girls look smoking hot. And that's the thing. It's like when you see girls fight or when you see them in the gym, you don't realize like how hot they look when they're actually done up. Right. Like when, when they're – but I'm like, they have amazing bodies and it's just – 
smoking hot, super nice girls. Obviously, I'm not just looking at their bodies, but I was like, <laughs> damn, right? So they show up, we're, and then the first show, they're laughing. Car, Carl was getting drunk. How many shows did you do? I did, I did two shows. And right? they stayed for both shows? Well, well, yeah, that's the thing. It's like I was headlining the first show, and then they asked me to headline the second one. And I, I, I wanted to say no, because I wanted to, but then I come like, I can't say no to headline a, a comedy club because I want to hang out with my friends afterwards. That's right. kind of not the most professional thing. It's my job. So I'm, I told the guys, hey, let's hang out, hang out in the uh, green room. And then Lazy the Savage, who's calling it also. Right. Uh, Lazy is um, a photographer, works with the Diaz brothers and Rhonda. So I'm like, listen, guys. Um, we're all in the green room having fun, and I feel like I'm on my podcast because I'm, I'm like I sort of am. People say, "Oh, you're a fanboy." Yeah, I sort of am. I'm sorry to admit it. I, I love of hanging course, out. That's what I we love do hanging out do. with fighters. I get excited to talk to fighters. I saw Sugar Ray Leonard the night before uh, at my show. Another funny story I'll talk about. But so Ellenberger and Carl, so they're all up, and we're talking about fighting and and this and that. And uh, Carl's excited because you just made the UFC. Because a 115 pounder, they're gonna have it. Nice. So, but she's getting drunk, and really, uh, yeah. And when you're 115 pounds, and you're like, she take, did two shots, and she's wasted. Yeah, she, she drank milk. <laughs> she got drunk off milk. So, like V, wasn't that that? They yeah. used to get drunk off milk. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah, that, that, that's how old you are. So, um, <laughs> so she's getting wasted, and uh, and it's it's fun, and I tell like whatever. So I'm like, listen, guys, I'm on the second show. I don't want you know, I'm doing a lot of the same material. I don't want you guys to see me again. Right. You know, just hang out in the green room and uh, whatever. It's like, okay. Okay, so I'm on stage and I'm, it's a, I'm actually having a great set. It's oh no, uh, I have a feeling I know where this is going. Next thing I know, in the corner of my eye, I see Carla run on stage, right? And she's like, Adam, hey, you're so funny. And then the audience is just staring at me, like, right. like who is this person? So I'm like, guys, it's Invicta champion Carla Esparza, which no one knows. But but right. it's like, so <laughs> did I'm anybody like, clap? Yeah, a couple people were like, like, people didn't know if this was like set up or this is like we're like a duo, like. Right. But and like if it was normally a, dr- a drunk chick, jumping Laurel on and Hard on. Yeah, if it was normally like a drunk girl on stage, I would like be like security, like, or if it was a guy, I would like push him off, or you know, you never know if people, you know. But I. But, but Carlos sort of roundhouse one of the security guards <laughs> yeah that i look over and she's just so cute like there's something about her that's like so pure and cute that i didn't even get mad but i was like jake uh uh please get her off so ellenberger came on stage and gets carla off. Were you like hey it's jake ellenberger yeah this is my show like these are my friends i go these are my friends that i have uh yeah so then that was that was it the funny sugar ray leonard story friday night i'm doing a who still looks like he's 30 years old yeah it's like normally like a black it's like a black show i'm not saying it's like the audience primarily black uh in this inside jokes comedy club and sugar ray leonard's in the front right so i'm giving him a hard time like sugar ray leonard you know i'm a big fan blah blah blah. i was like asking him about i'm like who who would win you or mayweather i'm like i'm like leonard you're a real champ you could beat mayweather right and then someone in the back's like no he can't Sugar Ray Leonard stands up and turns around, and everyone's like, "Oh shit, it is Sugar Ray Leonard, right?" So then, <laughs> so then this guy in the back, I'm like, "What do you do, sir?" He has a belt with him. He's like, "I'm Baby Tyson, right?" Baby I'm like, Tyson. Baby, T-. I'm like, he's like, "Yeah, I'm the L.A. County champion." I'm like, "I'm like, what dude, does that mean?" I go, "No offense, dude, but that's not really going to impress Sugar Ray Leonard. You're right. the L.A. County <laughs> champion, yeah, right?" So then I'm like, "Okay." So then Chris Spencer, who's yeah, a really nobody funny, knows who he is, north of Wilshire. So th- yeah, <laughs> that's what happened. Chris Spencer goes on stage and he's like, "L.A. He's like, "What?" What's your record? He goes 14, 40, and three. And he goes 14, 40, and three. He goes, just say 14 wins. Don't tell everyone your 40 losses. <laughs> right. And then he's like, 40 and three. He's like, yeah, the refs robbed me. It was like 40 times. And then, dude, then the crowd was, you know, it was a black crowd. So they're rolling in the aisles, right? right. Sugar Ray Leonard is dying. 
And then he's like, and then Chris Benson's like, well, yeah, I think there's a white guy in the parking lot, and you could be 15, 40, and three, and then just you could beat him up. He's like, you know what we need to do? We need all need to chip in and buy you a trainer. It was just, <laughs> it was one of the funniest. That's the thing about live comedy that's so great, right. is that you get those experiences. Like, you know, you're you never gonna see them. that on TV. You're not gonna see Sugar Ray Leonard in a, in a room with a guy who's 14, 43, carrying around a belt. He's like, the guy had a belt on him. What a douchebag. And then Chris Benson's like, what's on your belt? Your gang signs? Like, like and then he's like, yeah, I uh, want to fight on uh, 40th and Pico, and just like doing all these LA. 43rd and Crenshaw. Oh, in so, front of Baldwin Hills Mall. So funny, so <laughs> funny. Uh, but yeah, so that was. But it was great hanging out with uh, with Carla and uh, Jessica Penny, who, by the way, a beautiful girl. Like yeah. I didn't realize. You don't realize how pretty these girls are uh, when they're in the gym. When they're like, in the gym, you know, at all. And but the thing is, I I was asking these girls. I'm like, so do you have boyfriends? You know, and they were saying. Um, they all pretty much said the guys either want to have just have sex with them, like the fighters at the gym. They just want to bang them, or they want these girls to beat them up. Like they're into, really? they, yeah, they're into like, hey, I want you to come over and kick my ass during sex. And which, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm definitely on team one. The yeah. whole banging guy. That, that's almost like uh, that's almost. Little homeless, I don't, nothing, you know. Domi- like dominatrix, homoerotic. I don't know yeah. if I want a girl to kick my I don't want a girl to kick my ass. I don't think I, I don't yeah, think I want I a don't, woman to be feminine in bed, not like strong and masculine. Like, a little choking here and there goes a little, it's fine, but, but <laughs> I don't want, I don't want to get my ass kicked in the I get my ass kicked off in life. Right. I, I don't need the bedroom to, to get my <laughs> the, ass the kicked. The one place that you're supposed to be enjoying yourself. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> vagina is, is, is nice enough to me. I, I could just be in there and feel good and my penis feels good. And the, good old fashioned. <laughs> Good old fashioned, you know, maybe doggy style. I don't, I don't need a, a, a knee bar during sex. Right. I, don't, I don't need to get like uh, a heel hooked. You know, I just, yeah, that's the thing. So that's you know, that's what girls fighters. And I, I would definitely date a female fighter. I think that would be inspiring to me. It's kind, of, it is kind of weird knowing a girl can mess you up, but uh, it would just inspire me to work harder. Plus, I fight dirty, so I think that um, yeah. So that speaking of dirty, uh, Cody McKenzie. Um, Fought last week uh, the the UFC on Fox card, which was a great card. Um, we're we're going to cover it. So Cody McKenzie, I like Cody McKenzie. You can't help but root for Cody McKenzie. He he's basically like a hobo with, <laughs> in the octagon, but it's like almost like it was. He fought Sam Stout, and I wrote like it was hands of stone versus completely stoned, <laughs> but. <laughs> Like Cody McKenzie looks makes Matt Riddle look like Bill Gates. I mean, the, the guy does not know Matt Riddle. He doesn't know basically where he is. He goes in there. <laughs> he's wearing white shorts because he forgot his shorts. And okay, you're fighting in the UFC, which is like playing in the NBA basketball. Okay, how do you forget your shorts? I mean, what was he? Did he walk in naked and everyone? Hey, dude, you got to put on shorts. I mean, what? Like, how far was the hotel from the venue? Does anybody know? So they had to go across the street and buy him shorts before the fight, and his tag was still on. So the Herb, on. I swear. So then Herb Dean ripped off the tag. Like the hip hoppers do with the baseball hats. They stuff. The yeah, tag it's like hand. he was going to return it after the fight. <laughs> He's done. So that's so he ends up losing the fight, and he looks out of shape. He looks like basically a skinny fat kid. You know how like a guy loses weight but doesn't do it the right way, and they're still right. fat. Looks like Al Roker. Yeah, kind of. It looks like basically he looks like Al Roker and Captain Caveman had a baby, but except he's white. But but yeah, so Cody McKenzie lost his fight. I think he, I don't know. But and Dana White said he, he was embarrassed, but it, it was the UFC's fault because they have a guy back there to make sure people can go out there and and be ready. And obviously the yeah, person they, back there, they do the whole uh, they do the whole sponsorship check.
check to make it sure everybody that's on your shorts is yeah. a certified sponsor and blah 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 blah. So that was that. So Cody McKenzie, I you know afterwards I heard he was hitching a ride back to <laughs> Seattle. No, but I'm a, I'm a Cody McKenzie fan. I'll I'll root for Cody McKenzie. Poor dude you know. lost the fight and he lost all that sponsorship money from the people who paid to be on his shorts. And his weed fell out of his pocket during the fight, but because <laughs> he had like shorts on that had pockets. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But yeah, the guy, the poor guy, but like, you know, but also Cody McKenzie, you know, it's one of those things where you have to evolve in the sport. Like Cody McKenzie might have won UFC 4, you know, or before people knew what they were doing or, you know, when it was like one, one you know, martial art versus the other. Right. But he has to, his striking has not evolved. Um, I'm not saying he couldn't kick my ass and, he, you know, he's a tough dude. But if you're fighting, you know, he's, he's, he's fighting Sam Stout, you, you have to be good at everything. Back in the day, every college wrestler wasn't in the UFC. Every big martial artist, every judo champion, every jiu-jitsu champion, you have to be good at everything. And Cody's got that great guillotine, but he has to add more to his arsenal than, than that. And I'm sure he does. He has to be able to get to that guillotine. He has to be able to get to that. I'm sure he does, but it didn't really show in, in this fight. Funny, because Isaac Valleflag, is that how you say it? Valley flag, yeah. He, he, he wrote on Twitter during the fight, I would never wear white shorts because I'm afraid if I get knocked out, I would chip my pants. <laughs> And everyone would see it, which I thought was, was pretty funny. Um, but it just showed, like, you know, the UFC was on, and then that night, boxing was on. Adrian Broner. Dude. Who, who's the champion in boxing. And it just showed you the, the, the... He was the champion. He was a champion. It shows you the class of between... The, you know, if you look at, like, okay, the UFC, you know, when these guys coming out, and they're, it's like, you know, Broner comes out rapping. He has his own rapper. Dude, He's... Do you see what I put on Facebook? I just, I, I said that Broner, or Broner, however you pronounce it, represents everything that rednecks hate about black people. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's black people hate about black people too. I don't think it's just rednecks. Like classless, like crap I mean, talking. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is that you hip hop and bebop and and uh, think about they, Broner. I hate it, dude. Just fight. It's one thing if he had no skill. And his dad is in there brushing his hair for him. Yeah, come right. on, man. Hey, hey, dad, brush my hair, pops. When her, dad starts brushing his hair, come he wasn't on, brushing man. his hair when he was getting knocked through the ropes. <laughs> I mean, like, seriously, at that point, he needed a, 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 a blow dryer to wake him up. But, but, like, look, Broner is a very skilled fighter, and I think he could beat Maidana if he actually would take the fight seriously. But he's on tour with Lil Wayne. He's the <laughs> opening act for Lil Wayne. He's getting up to, like, 180 before the fight. You saw, I saw him on one of the, the Mayweather countdown specials. He was huge. Really? Completely out of shape. And he's like, yeah, man, my rap career's not going that well with my boxing career. Wow. They're kind of conflict. And, you know... The thing is, is that, and then he was looking for a way out. He got head, he got he headbutted in like the ninth round. He goes down. He fakes. He starts rolling around. You could tell he was trying to get the other guy disqualified. You know, Adrian Broner, you know, is a good fighter. But if you're gonna like do all that, not many fighters can pull that off. What he's trying to do, if any, and also if you're a professional athlete. Like, has it ever worked in the rap game? Has there ever been a fighter who was actually a good rapper? I mean, you look at, like, Roy Jones, terrible rapper. Deion Sanders, awful. Shaq. Shaq, awful. Now let's put Broner. It's almost like, come on. Right. These guys make Soldier Boy look like Jay-Z. I mean, so, so, like, what, what are you guys doing? I think Broner is actually, obviously, taking too many shots to the head to where he thinks he's actually able to do these things. Well, I mean, it's a good wake-up call. But now, of course... I heard a, he was, like, performing oral sex on two strippers at a strip club. He was. Which, that, I'm all for that. I, <laughs> <laughs> By proxy, he's tongue-kissing other dudes because they were probably eating their out, too. Oh, uh, yeah. That's ridiculous. <sighs> so, so Broner, uh, Broner lost. Come and on, the, Shad. And the thing about it was... But now... There's a big, uh, there's a big conspiracy because 
Ariza, who was training uh, Madonna, who was the guy that, like, you know, was uh, Rios' trainer who that just got busted for... He kicked Freddie Roach. Rios got busted for steroids after the fight, after losing. And now there's footage of Ariza giving Broner a pill in the middle of the fight. And, like, and it's like, it's like, if you go to World Star Hip Hop, it's got like 800,000 views. Of, he has a napkin and he's giving Broner something. And people don't know if it's a Q-tip, a pill, a, a, a bath salt or something, whatever he's giving him. He's giving him, there's all these conspiracy now of what he gave Madonna in between the fight. Like he gave Madonna something in between, and, and a napkin. And right. no one knows what it was. So it's like, boxing has become like WWE wrestling, except less real. A foreign object has been entered into the fight. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, so uh, Danny Castillo lost his fight. Last you know, call. Which which sucks, because I, li- I like Castillo a lot. He, he, he called in the show. He seems like a, a really good guy. He, he lost his fight. Uh, the first round should have been 10-8 Castillo. Uh, I don't know. The judges had a 10-9. You know, and that's the thing. If you knock a guy down and you beat on him, for the whole, pretty much the entire round, how is that not a 10-8? Right. If, that, if they would have given him a 10-8 round, it would have been a draw. I am completely biased towards Tina Alpha Male because they all like me. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I was rooting for him, but it was that was a good fight. Uh, the Mac Danzig, Joe Lozon. So Danzig said he wanted to make a statement for this fight, uh, and he didn't want to collect any kind of sponsor money. So on his ass, it wrote, not for sale, which is... That's the name of my company. Yes. <laughs> Not which is which is actually bad because now Bjorn Rebney wants uh, to buy him. No, okay, no, but but but, but, but uh, no, it's actually uh, I, I like Danzig a lot. He's a really really nice guy, and he gave me a T-shirt on the Ultimate Fighter Eight when he was the co- Ultimate Six when he when he won. So I saw the T-shirt. Nice. But he, he's he's a good dude. But I don't think that's a real. I, I know he's trying to make a statement. Make a statement, but how does that benefit? You know what. Pay your rent. <laughs> you know, you know get, make as much money as you want. You're coming off a loss. I, I understand that he's trying to be pure, and you know he's a smart guy. He's going to be uh, successful in whatever he does, Mac Danzig. Right. But I mean, you know, make the money, not for sale. I actually wrote a joke that Dakota Cochran, a former gay porn star, wrote for sale on his ass uh, during the, <laughs> which was I thought was kind of fun. Even though my I I find my own jokes funny. I know that's very rare, but um, but yeah. So that was that. I mean, at least put like uh, put PETA on his ass or something. I know he's a, he's right, a vegan right. or there are things he could could have put. I, I, I'm not. Then some people are saying, well, maybe he couldn't get a sponsor, and that's why he did it. And but trying who, to cover up, cover up. Who knows? I'm sure he could probably get a sponsor, right? He's on the main card of a Fox. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, yeah, there's people clamoring to get on national television with their products. Yeah. So that's so that was that. Uh, he he lost. I don't know what's going to happen to Danzig now. Two two fights in a yeah. Let's go uh, two more minutes, and then we'll, we'll get to Cote. Uh, Chad Mendez. Um, you know. Love that kid. It was Mendez won the fight. Uh, I think you know when you knock people out, he knocked out four dudes in a row, and I, and I think that when you when you start knocking everybody out, there's a certain expectation people get to like, oh, when's he gonna knock the guy out? And right. certain guys just have hard chins. Nick Lentz is a tough, you know, wrestler from Minnesota, and he's you know he's just a tough dude. Right. And I think he trains over an American Top Team now. Uh, he, he's a, he's a badass fighter, and uh, you know. Mendez in the first round had him hurt, went for the finish, didn't get it, and then you know he was feeling sick or he had the flu or something happened. Some where nasal, he was something. using his wrestling. You know, Rogan knew that something was off, but actually, if you watch Mendez's fights before Dwayne Ludwig, his WEC fights, this is pretty much how he fought. He was he was a guy that would just grind you and grind you. He had a beautiful double leg. He's a I think an All American wrestler. I think he was second in the country. Mendez. Uh, 
if I believe that. Um, I, think he, I think he lost in the finals of the Nationals, he was telling us, right? Uh, a great wrestler. And that's the thing. It's like I had no problem with the way he fought. Some people like say he's boring. They're like, how's he going to fight Aldo? And, but there, there are – look, I personally – I understand fighters want to be entertaining. This is an entertainment first. And right. you know, we've had guys call in and say, I'm all about being entertaining. And I think that there's entertaining is, is impo- it's, it's important to be entertaining, but winning is really the most important thing. <laughs> right. If you keep winning fights, you're going to advance in the UFC and still they, they can't deny you. I think certain fighters sometimes and, and I know people are gonna get mad at me, I wanna be I don't wanna see a wrestling match. Okay, then but there are enough guys out there who are just going to go out there like Diego Sanchez and just and, go for swing, um, swinging. swing for the fences. There are enough guys that are going to fill that entertainment void. And, <laughs> and, I, and I personally find it entertaining if a guy could land a double leg. Maybe because I'm biased because I wrestle. You're a wrestler, but, right. So what? Like, that's why I'm all for, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I'm all for Askren. Yeah, Askren. Right. I mean, so what? I, I find it entertaining if a guy could land a double at will. Especially a guy who has the flu, like Chad Mendez, right. who, who, when I have the flu, I, I can't even, you know, masturbate. None, <laughs> nonetheless, beat up Nick Lentz, you know? So I give the guy credit, you know? So uh, I know some people are now, it's, it's funny the way sometimes, like, look, fight fans are, I, I, I'll talk to a fight fan any day of the week, but sometimes they're fickle. They, 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 Turn on people quick. Yeah, and I think there are a lot of trash talkers that just want to have something negative to say just to stir the pot. Yeah, they go, "No way, he's going to beat Aldo." First of all, like, it's not like Aldo looked great in every single fight. I mean, against Mark Hominick, if that fight was one more round, he might have been stopped. I mean, Hominick spent the fifth round just pounding on him. So, Lord knows what would have happened if a Korean zombie ain't throw his arm out to socket. I think I know what would have happened. And I love the Korean zombie. I'm, I'll, right. I'll watch the Korean zombie uh, fight bird flu. But um, <laughs> SARS. SARS, you know. <laughs> but at the same time, I think I knew. I, I think Aldo was a little bit out of the zombies league. You know, yeah, not that the zombie couldn't win that. Anybody could win. Right. Anybody can win on any, any given night. I mean, well, not anybody. Like, I couldn't knock out Cain Velasquez on any given night. I, but in the UFC, if you're in the top 10, you could go, any, you could go anyway. And, you know, so that's, that's what, uh, that's why actually today the pound for pound ranking came out, the pound for pound rankings. And, um, I have, you know, the UFC came out with their own pound for pound rankings. I sort of have a little issue with some of these rankings and we're going to get to, uh, Patrick Cote in two minutes. We're going to start talking about this. We're going to talk to Cote. Then we're going to come back to this because the pound for pound ranking came out and, um, they have Anderson Silva above Chris Weidman, which... I don't understand how a guy can go out, dominate, win in the second round, stop you, and then is undefeated, but is still ranked below you. That, to me, makes no sense. Is it the number of wins that uh, that Anderson has well, it's not, it's compiled? Not the, it's not the all-time pound-for-pound. Pound. It's today's pound-for-pound pound rankings. No, that's wrong. And they have, yeah, they have, uh, uh, they have Ronda Rousey, number 10, which I, I don't understand how you can... Yeah, how is that it possible? It should be a female pound for pound and a man, but they have it because she's not going to be able to fight anybody. Right. In the, <laughs> right. But the, so the pound for pound, they have, all guys. they have John Jones number one. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, sure. And of course, pound for pound rankings are all subjective. It's like, who, you know, who's the funniest comedian? And right, right. But maybe a little less subjective than that. But okay, you have Aldo number two. Sure, I can, I can see that. He's dominated everyone. Anderson Silva number three. I don't know. He just lost. Okay. Okay. 
And then number four, Cain Velasquez. I would put Cain above Silva. I mean, Cain just comes, just, you know, beat up Dos Santos, beat up Bigfoot. I mean, dominating everybody in the heavyweight. Lost one fight. Almost killed Dos Santos. Two years ago. Then they have Burrell. Okay, I put Burrell's won 31 fights in a row. Demetrius Johnson, then Pettis, then Weidman, number eight. <laughs> Makes no sense. Ben Henderson, number nine. Uh, and then Ronda Rouse, number 10. So... I don't know. That doesn't that does that pound for pound list. She's got to feel good about that though, being in the top ten pound for pound for pound fighters on the planet. Oh yeah, great. But, <laughs> but I'm sure she feels good about it. But it's not about pound right. for, who we want to feel good about the list. I'm just saying that, <laughs> and I'm not denying that Ronda Rousey isn't amazing. Six wins, six first round finishes, Olympic medalist, first Olympic medalist from America. All these things, amazing girl, hot, great. But what? You know, she has one UFC win. <laughs> I mean, she's fought one time in the UFC, once. I mean, let's, let's have her beat Tate again or win, you know, fourth. I mean, and, and then Ben Henderson's coming across a loss. It I, I doesn't make it. I don't know. This whole thing, the ranking, it's, just, it's a strange ranking Who system. put that together? Uh, my little brother who's four. No, no. But, <laughs> but, no, I don't know. I, actually, uh, Ronda Rousey did. No, no. Uh, who, who put it together? I don't know who put it together. The UFC put it together. Okay. This is strange. Anyway, we're going to call Patrick Cote right now. We're going to get back, talk about the main event. we got a lot of things. Nick Diaz turned down the Condit fight. We're going to talk about that. A lot of things to talk about. Hey, Patrick Cote. What's up? Hey, uh, finally. How are you, man? I'm pretty good, you? Good, good. Thanks for being on my show. <laughs> yeah, finally. Yes, finally. Patrick, you were, uh, <laughs> congratulations on uh, the new Ultimate Fighter Canada versus Australia. Thanks, thanks. That was, uh, that was a blast to, to film that. That was, that was good. We just finished that last Monday and it's going to be a great season to watch. Now, is there a big rivalry between Canada and Australia? Uh, not really. Seriously, uh, you know, uh, at the beginning, but you know, uh, during the season, uh, there are some reality that we're building, and uh, you know, right now, I just can't wait to go in the Diatlon with Kai Oak. Now, I, I I find that both girls put out, like Canadian girls put out, and Australian <laughs> girls put out. Who do you think puts out more? What? What girls do you think put out more, the Australian girls or the or uh, Canadian girls? Give up the booty. Uh, uh, I'll take I'll take the Quebec girls. You know, girls from Quebec. You know, the French Canadian are the best for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. And now, uh, now you're newly single, correct? Yeah, but new, not 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 new anymore. No, I'm single since six months now. Six months. Now, have you just been? I know you were you in a relationship for a while. Uh, you you got out of it. Uh, are you just going crazy? I mean, is it like are there are there little cotes running around Quebec right now? Oh, you really you really want to go there, huh? Yes. <laughs> Don't pull uh, tape. You know, just uh, hang around, and uh, you know, I have a couple friends. But you know what? I'm still open, man. I'm uh, I'm still open to uh, to build uh, something new. But right now, I have no time to do that. Uh, you know, my I have a big fight coming up. Just finished uh, filming tough. So hey, just having fun right now. That's good. You uh, deserve it. Now, um, <laughs> now you got a fight against Kyle Noak. Um, what do you know about him? What are you preparing for him? Uh, the thing I know it's I don't understand when he's talking. You know, <laughs> he has a really big accent. I had a really hard time to understand uh, what he was saying during the show. But uh, you know, he's he's a uh, he's a good guy, man. He's a really good guy. 
Uh, but right now, you know, it's our business. We have to take care of him. Uh, he's, tra- he's training with uh, good guys in, uh, with, uh, from a good camp to uh, Craig Jackson. Uh, you know, he like to he like to stun his feet and bang, but I don't think he's gonna he's gonna do that. I think he's gonna shoot me right away and try to put me on my back. And uh, yeah, that that thing that's gonna be his um, his uh, his game plan. But yeah, whatever. Uh, you know, the fight is in four months, and I'll be ready for that. Are you training over at uh, TriStar? No, I've never been trained there. You know, I'm not from there. I'm like the other guy. You know, everybody from Montreal, they're trained there. I never, I've never trained there. I trained at, uh, with, uh, at the Brazilian top team uh, under Fabio Holanda here. I've, you know, I've been always training there. A lot of people thought that I was, with, I was a TriStar, but I'm the other guy. I'm the other guy. I'm the only guy who don't train there. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I trained with, uh, with Crew Ash, with my boxing, with the, 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 the Grant's brother. And, uh, you know, with the, my wrestling team uh, too. And uh, I'm going to go to uh, train in Thailand for three, three weeks uh, for this fight at the end of February. Oh, wow. Be careful because some of those girls are actually men. Oh, I know that. You know, a lot of, a lot of guys told me that. And, uh, yeah, I'm going there to train. I, I know a lot of people over there. So they're, they're going to take care of me for sure. Got to watch out for that four floors of horse. Yeah, Fulveroni. <laughs> that's what Fulveroni said. He said he, he, he loves it over there. Now, but did you ever train with GSP? Oh, uh, yeah, I train, I trained with him a couple of times. A couple of years ago, yeah, we've been training together. David Loazzo? Oh, it was, oh, yeah, same thing at the same time. What do you think about GSP retiring? Uh, you know what? Uh, good for him. Good for him. If he can't take it anymore, good for him. He has a shitload of money. And, uh, you know, he can be can do whatever he wants. I don't think he owns everything, anything to anybody. Uh, you know what? Uh, you know, if he can't take it anymore, good for him. Do whatever, do whatever is the best for you. And that's what he did right now. You know, he said that... Uh, he has to step uh, step away because he has a personal problem, and uh, you know this is not our business. And uh, you know, I think he did uh, he did the right thing. Right. I mean, did you know? I mean, I know you guys are friends. He seems like he uh, he's got like some OCD or something. Like he he has a lot of like worries a lot. Yeah, he has a couple a couple of demons in his head. I think so. The thing is, he always wants to to be the best and look the best and uh, be the good guy. And but you can do that for all your life. You know, sometimes, man, you, you know, you, there's not all, everybody can like you. So, the thing is, if you put a lot of energy to to just to be to be uh, to be the best to everybody, man, at the end at the end of the day, it's very heavy. And uh, I think that that is his, his biggest problem. And uh, right now, he just took uh, took time off just to get out of all this f-ing spotlight everywhere around him, and uh, you know, living his life. Yeah. Now he seems like I mean, when I think of an athlete, I think of like the best. Like we're talking about Adrian Broner. If you look at the opposite of like what Adrian Broner is, it's GSP. I mean, the guy is just nothing but class. You yeah, know, and a straight beast at the same time. And a straight beast. You know. Yeah, the thing is, maybe he was a, now he was bigger than the sport. You know, he was a trademark. He was, you know, that was a, that was a lot of work. You know, uh, but you know what? The thing is, right now he can do whatever he wants. You know, he can buy me. He can buy you. He can buy <laughs> a lot of things. He can't trust buy me. He has, a, he has a shitload of money. <laughs> trust me. And uh, he can just do whatever he wants right now. He just can't buy Mac Danzig's ass. That's the only thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, now, Patrick, you've uh, uh, you know, you're you're a guy that like you started off Owen, you started off your career five and zero. Then you then you lost to Tito. You took a fight against Tito on four days' notice. Uh, you think Tito should still be fighting? What? Do you think Tito Ortiz should should, should still be fighting? Uh, if he's if he's done a fight again. Yeah, hey, I guess he's supposed to fight in uh, Bellator. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. You know, he's he's all fucked up. You know, his body is just <laughs> falling apart. And uh, man, I think he has to take care of his body first. Uh, I don't know if his, you know, his ex-wife just take everything uh, from him, or I don't know. But I know that you know, uh, back in the days, you know, he was millionaire, and uh, you know, he was he had he made a lot of money. But you know what? He married a freaking bitch that he you know at the end of the day she was just crazy and i don't know <laughs> what happened in this person's life but uh you know when you when you go there you know there's uh you know there's a good chance that in the future things going wrong so yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what happened and uh i just hope he's not fighting because he need money because he had a lot of money before wow yeah no marrying uh jenna jameson was i don't think they even married but that that definitely was uh that was kind of a train wreck. Yeah, so he's supposed to fight Rampage and Bellator, but then the fight was off. And, and now they're saying that he might fight Fedor. That's what I heard. I don't know if that's, that, that's a, a, a rumor or not. That was for someone. Somebody said that on the internet, that, like, what? that, that he might fight oh, Fedor it's, it's, and Bellator. Yeah, it's on the internet. That's true. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, 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 I don't think that's true. I, I, but I, I'll like, I'd actually go pay to see that. That's the problem. <laughs> but I would actually go see him fight Fedor in Bellator. You lost a horrible for discussion. Sure. Now, now, you were in, now, but I was saying that you started off 0-4. You lost Tito. You took a fight on four days' notice against Tito. Then you were five and zero. Oh. Then you've been in and out. You got dropped from the UFC twice. You you tried out for the Ultimate Fighter, and now you're back coaching. You know you're you're a guy that really a very resilient fighter. I mean you've 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 been through it and <laughs> doesn't give up. Yeah. Oh man, it's, uh, never give up. My my career is like a roller coaster, but uh, it's always fun. You know, it's a real roller coaster, <laughs> but it's always fun. You know, not going by, but when you go when you work your ass off to get back in the in a big show and it works, it's uh it's awesome and uh. The thing is, uh, you know, right now, you know, it's it's amazing where where I am now. You know, with uh, all the thing uh, happened in my career, uh, you know, I had a rough start in the UFC. After that, you know, I had a nice winning streak. Got the title fight, lost two fights in a row, got fired, <laughs> went back to the smaller show and get back in the UFC. Now where I am. Uh, coaching the uh, the Ultimate Fighter season, so it's just just insane. But you know what? I just think it's uh, you know when you still believe that you, your place is still there. You know, even if when I, wa I was fighting outside the UFC in my head, I was still a UFC fighter, and I'm undefeated outside the UFC. So uh, hey, like I say, here I am, and I'm coaching the the Ultimate Fighter. But you know what? I'm just living a day by day, and uh, no, I'm enjoying uh, the the time right now. Now you're doing great, man. I mean, you won six out of your last seven fights. One of the fights against Sakara, uh, he hit you in the back of the head probably like 12 times. That was one of the... That was the, like last Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, that was one of the... Now, how much did the back of your head hurt after that? <laughs> oh, it, uh, you know, it didn't hurt, but that was the first time in my life, even in the, in the training, I've been rocked. You know, they say, you know, I didn't know what, I didn't know what to do, you know, because that was so, so, so uh, unusual for me. You know, even training, I've never been rocked, I've never been knocked out, but not even rocked. So, you know, I felt my legs very, very weird. And I was like, what the hell is going on right now? You know, I didn't know this feeling. And uh, after that, I just saw that the referee stopped the fight and I was confused. I was like, what the hell? 
And uh, yeah, you know what? This is uh, there's rules in the sport, and uh, you know I'm just happy that uh, you know I'm not happy that I won by by DQ, but I'm just happy that you know people who still don't don't like this sport and they saw that they saw that there are rules in the sport, and that's he broke the rules, and that's why he got disqualified. Have you been uh, Have you been rocked since? No, no, no. That was the first and uh, only time I've been rocked in my life. And uh, you know what? Volker tried to uh, very hard to to rock me, and uh, he, he he wasn't able to do it. So I still uh, I, I think my chin is uh, still pretty good. No, absolutely. I actually I think that aside for Chris Weidman, you had the best closest fight against Anderson Silva. Uh, if you hadn't if you if you if your leg hadn't come out, who? I mean, you were, that that was a great fight. You would you, you were doing really well. Yeah, but you know what? I I was still in the fight. I had fun, and uh, you know I was still there in the third round. I'm not saying I was I was winning the fight, but I was still there. I'm and I'm a puncher. I always have a chance to win a fight, you know, in every round because I only need one punch to 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 finish the fight. But uh, you know, let me tell you something, man. That's freaking complicated to fight this guy uh you know the thing is you, you try to go forward he's behind you, you try to go on the side he's on the other side uh he's very hard to 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 catch somewhere and uh but you know what i'm happy that i went there and i uh, i did uh, i did a good performance you know the thing is i think the first two rounds was was pretty close he gave me his uh his best uh his best punch and his best kicks in uh, in the first round and uh, i was still there uh, you know, that was a bad luck and bad time, but, uh, you know, I had fun and, uh, I don't regret anything. No, I, I remember the last time you were on the show, you said that you thought Silva was going to beat Weidman. He was out of his, he was going to outclass him. You were wrong on that. I have to, I have to call spade a spade. Yeah. Who do you think is going to win the uh, rematch? <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm going to pick uh, Silva again, but I hope Weidman's going to win. Uh, for, uh, for the, the, the only reason is, you know, he didn't have the, you know, the credit of his of his win the last time. Everybody was talking about how how Silva lost and not how he won the title. Right. And if I was the champion like Wardman, I'll be pissed. I'll be very pissed because you know what? I'm the champion now, and everybody's talking about how my opponent lost and not how I won the fight. So I, I hope for him, and he's a super nice guy. You know, probably the nicest guy in in the business. And uh, I hope for him he's going to win the fight. But if Silva took, you know, very seriously this fight and he's coming back like the Anderson Silva before, that's going to be hard for, for, for Chris Weidman. Right. I mean, uh, have you ever trained with Weidman? Uh, I trained, uh, I know, I went, I went to New York when I was, uh, when I was training for, to fight the Sakara. And um, he was there. I spoke to him uh, a couple of times, but he was there, and I could I couldn't train with him because he just had uh, his uh, shoulder uh, shoulder uh, surgery. But uh, super nice guy. I met him a couple of times, and uh, yeah, I really hope for him that he will be able to win the fight and you know finally put uh, put uh, you know his foot down and say, hey, I'm the champion now. Talk about me now. Right. How good was Kung Lee when you fought him? Conley, that was another complicated guy. Uh, you know, he's very style, he's very unorthodox. But you know what? I don't want to take anything away from him, but I think I fought really, really bad in this fight. Uh, you know, I was running at, uh, after him instead of cutting weight, uh, cutting uh, the angle, sorry. And, uh, you know, at the end, he just he came, came back to me and I was a little bit tired. 
you know, I think uh, that was my first fight back in the UFC. I think I could do better. Uh, but you know what? Uh, I don't regret anything. You know, the thing is, every time I fight, I learn something. And uh, I did learn something in this fight. You took that fight on, sh on short notice, right? Well, short notice, about three weeks. So, you know, that's, it's not an excuse. You know, I, I don't <laughs> make short, excuses. Short notice. <laughs> when you fight, you fight, and that's it. Yeah, but you, I, mean, you took, I mean, you took Tito on four days. I don't even think you were even a fighter then. You were just, like, hanging out, and some guys, like, want to fight Tito. Then you fight... Um, <laughs> Then you fight Kung Lee on short notice, three weeks. I mean, you need, you gotta have, it's good that you have an actual camp this time, you know? Yeah, yeah. The thing is, uh, you know, against, uh, against Kung Lee, uh, I, was, I was already training to, to fight somewhere else. But, uh, you know, I was, I was aware that I was very close to go back in the UFC because I had four wins in a row at right. the UFC. And my last fight, you know, I was knocking, uh, I knocked uh, Gustavo Machado in Brazil in the first round. So uh, for me, that was, uh, I was waiting for, for that, for somebody got injured and I will be able, I will be able to jump in. And uh, no, I wasn't in really good shape. You know, I'm not saying that uh, it, it's, it's, there's no, there's no excuse. You know, I fought, I fought a good fight, but not, you know, not the really great fight. Have you ever slept with any ring girls? Oh, <laughs> I don't go there. Oh, that means yes. All right, so I'm going to name a ring girl, and you tell me if you had sex with her. Uh, no, 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 I don't go there. Come oh, on, man. Sorry. Come on. Don't, don't pull a Tate on us. Yeah, Misha Tate did the same thing. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> now, do you so, think... Next, next question? All right, next question. <laughs> wow, all right. So I, I think it's probably Brittany Palmer, right? Brittany Palmer? Uh, I don't know her. Uh, you don't know her? Come on, son. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So who wins, uh, Tate or Rousey? Who? Uh, Misha Tate or Ronda Rousey? Uh, uh, I'll take, man. I'm going to take Ronda Rousey, but uh, like like Chris Wyman and Silva, I hope Misha Tate is going to win. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Ronda, but, you know, you, you can't deny that she's she's awesome. She's really good. And... Uh, how come, you're and, not, uh, how come you're not a big fan of her? Sorry? How come you're not a fan? Uh, I don't know. Just the attitude. You know, she tried to always look tough. And, uh, you know, she has, like, a mean attitude. And come on, you don't, you don't need to do that. You know, the thing is, be tough in the, in the, in the cage. And you don't be, a pain, you don't, don't be, to be a, a pain in the ass when you're not fighting. You know, that's, that's how I, I, I saw her. Uh, I don't know her personally, but that's the first impression I have. Yeah, definitely. She seems to uh, have a chip on her shoulder. Uh, I could. Does I, that does I, that I, just come with the female attitude, like the cattiness? No, no. A lot of girls. I mean, you look at other girls like Julie Kedzie and other girls. They don't seem to have that. Yeah, that's super nice. Uh, but she just doesn't come across. Where I mean, I have a lot of people that say that they know her say that she's really sweet. But right. just on t you know, I think she just feels like if, she, if she's fighting you, she has to act a certain way towards you. And that, unfortunately, was on television. <laughs> um, yeah, it looks pretty bad, yeah. Looked really bad. All right, so Josh Barnett versus Travis Brown. That's oh, Josh Barnett. A, I'm a big a fan thing. of Josh Barnett. So yeah. happy that he's back in the UFC. Uh, you know what? Uh, I, I'm going to take Josh Barnett. He's just, he killed Frank Mir. And, uh, you know, he's maybe not the best-looking guy to watch, but <laughs> let me tell you something. He's good, man. He's really good. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think I think Barnett's gonna win. He's just also he's a huge guy, great grappling, great striking. He's just uh, yeah, and never been knocked out. Never been knocked out, oh, except, exactly. except for a couple drug tests. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, the thing that's that's what I, that's what I said. I, I said, "Oh, you can get cut three times in the store again, still have men boobs." I was like, "What the hell is going on with that?" You know, maybe your stuff is not good at all. That, I don't. Know. That is hilarious. <laughs> 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 how do you, you think you'd be able to get his hands on the good stuff? That's gonna be that's gonna be our, our title for the thing. How do you get caught three times a certain and still have man boobs? That's gonna be. <laughs> uh, I'm a big listen. I'm a big fan of Josh Barnett. I hope he's gonna. I think he's gonna win huge fan, and he's he's a funny guy too. That's he's hilarious. a super funny guy, and uh, you know, there's nothing personal. That was just a joke because I, I'm a big fan of Josh Barnett. Absolutely, absolutely. Now. uh now, for the interim title, Hendricks versus uh, Robbie Lawler, who do you like? Actually, it's not going to be an interim title. Right? It's going to be the title. Oh, for the title, right. Because, uh, the title is vacant. I- I'll take uh, John Hendricks. I think his wrestling is going to be the difference in this fight. Uh, you know, he's- Lawler is very explosive. I'm a big fan of Robbie Lawler since the beginning. But, I, you know, there's two big heavy, heavy uh, striker. But uh, I think, you know, the wrestling of John Hendricks is going to make the difference. Right, right. I think so too. Now, do you see a knockout? Pardon me. Do you see a knockout? Uh, no. I see. I uh, like it. If it's a knockout, I think it's gonna be uh, Lawler. But I think it's gonna be uh, you know decision. Uh, Johnny Hendricks. All right, and then my final question. So, word is that you and GSP used to go to all the clubs and just bang tons of chicks. White girls, black girls, you know, French. Oh, that's the French. word. That's the word in your house. That's a, <laughs> not everywhere. <laughs> that's that's the word on the street. Is there any truth to that? It's what? Is there any truth to you and GSP just going around town in Canada and, and just shop. and just wrecking shop? Uh, actually, uh, you know, George and I have been very close like a couple of years ago, three or four years ago. Not not anymore. I'm still friend with him, but we don't go out together anymore. So, you no, know, but, he's doing, he's doing his business, I'm doing mine. Okay, but back in the day, back when you guys used to go out, word is that you guys would just slay bitches. Is, is, <laughs> is, that, is that true? <laughs> uh, we, uh, we went out a couple of times and uh, we had fun. Yeah, that's a yes. Come on, give us a story. One night you got... No, you got, there's no story. Come on. Like, Read just, my book. Really? Is, is there a book out? <laughs> soon, soon. He's writing it right now. Read the book. It's like, here's what happened. So you, I heard you went out, right? You, you guys had like tons of girls. GSP had sex with them, and then he goes, I'm not impressed by your performance to all the girls. Is that, is that what happened? <laughs> I, not, I wasn't in the same room, so I don't know. Oh, okay. All right. That's good. That's good. All right, well... <laughs> Well, thank you, Patrick Cote. Uh, I'm a big fan. Thank you for all you do, and good luck against Kyle Noak. Hey, thank you very much, guys. Have Later, a great man. All right, bye. Happy right. holidays, buddy. That's a good dude right there. Yeah, man. I like that guy. He didn't say no about the GSP stories. No. Nope. That, that, but my question is, GSP likes black girls, right? That's, that's the word on the street, is that he likes the bigger black girls. Like, bigger uh, black girls? Like, 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 like Cormier big. Like, that's, that's, <laughs> like Cormier in a wig? That's Cormier in a wig. That's, that's, what I, <laughs> that's the word on the street. And I've asked like every Canadian guest, and they've always just, there's an uncomfortable silence after, really? after I ask the question. But although I've seen pictures of him with some hot... Blonde, and according to Jesse Jane last week, the show that you didn't co- yeah. come to, uh, she said that she's made out with some of his hot blonde girlfriends. Really? That's what she said on the show. So mm-hmm. that might be true. Hey, Cole Miller. Hey, what's up? How's everything going, man? 
going good so far. Now, uh, now after your last fight, you, you, had, you had a great fight. You beat uh, Andy Ogle. Uh, then you called out Conor McGregor by calling him McGoober. <laughs> um, did, and then did he respond to that, or what, what exactly happened after that? Uh, he said something on Twitter uh, a few days later, but uh, I didn't really pay much attention to it. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't even really got a problem with him specifically. I just got a problem with people getting special treatment. Yeah, I mean, do you feel like he, like, like you've been in the UFC for a long time? You've kind of earned your, you, you ha, you've had your wars, you've up and down, and they're, they're kind of just, you know, rolling out the red carpet for this guy. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't think that you get to uh, come into the UFC, uh, beat up a twenty-year-old with eight MMA fights, and uh, you know, not e- not even finish him, and then skip to the final line and fight to the top ten. That's, uh, I think, that's kind of bullshit. You know. Yeah, no, I, I understand. I think he's, I mean, I personally think he's a great fighter. He's very entertaining. But a lot of times when, when like, you're the only fighter from certain countries in the UFC, you know, you get, you get a certain backing, and it seems like it was sort of like Conor McGregor mania. Yeah, if, it was, if he was coming from Brazil, he wouldn't got any hype like this. <laughs> yeah, if, if, he was, if, if he was from New, New uh, Jersey. <laughs> now, um, now, now, you, now, you've had a tough time, man. Like, your fight against Manny Gambarian... Uh, you know, I thought that fight, he, he, they said it was back to the head. You hit him in the back of the head, but you didn't hit him in the back of the head. And then you lost that fight, even though I thought you won that fight. Uh, it seemed like um, Dana White told you you won that fight, correct? Yeah, Dana, Lorenzo, every mainstream media site said I, not only did I win the fight, but I won every round. Right, and then, but then, and then you you protested the loss to it, um, but you didn't you, you didn't win the protest. Now, did you have to get? Did you have to hire a, a lawyer for that? Did that, that did that cost you money? No, I just had to uh, file like a formal appeal, and then after that, I had to uh, you know pretty much just state my case to the commissioners, which was um, you know I documented my case extremely well. Pointed out which rules were broken exactly, uh, you know, all the infractions that were stated in the Massachusetts uh, handbook for um, combat mixed martial arts. And there was like six or seven uh, of their rules that were broken in what should have been a, a one minute period, but extended into two minutes and 15 seconds for some reason. And uh, they looked at those seven or eight rules that were broken and they decided that, that was inconclusive evidence. Right. I mean, and now that, but, that's but then, but then now they're putting stuff on their agenda and all the things that I were I brought up as issues. Now they're bringing those up in their future meetings and trying to change those rules. So it's just BS, you know. Yeah. So you're just kind of like the Rosa Parks of. of uh, <laughs> you're the martyr. <laughs> you're the martyr. <laughs> the Rosa Parks. <laughs> now. Um, <laughs> Now, 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 Cole, you're, you seem like a super nice guy, uh, someone that I, I wouldn't want to cross, by the way. You seem like you definitely have a kind of a short fuse. Is that, is that uh, correct? I don't really think that I have a, a short fuse, but I mean, if that's your interpretation of me, I mean, I guess that that's one way people could probably view me. All right. Well, uh, next question. Um, <laughs> now, you, are you training over at American Top Team, right, with the Hendricks and, uh, and uh, Lawler? Uh, I mean, I mean, I'm not Hendricks. I mean, I'm not Hendricks. I mean, 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 I
Uh, not really. Uh, they're all significantly larger than me, and we've got a we've got a pretty strong stable at 135, 145, and 155 pounds. So that's really the uh, that's really the primary group of guys that I train with is the bantam weights, the featherweights, and the lightweight. And when you have like a, a pretty uh, big stable like we do at American Top Team, it's pretty smart to train within at least within one weight class of yourself. And since I'm fighting at 45, jumping up to 170 is, uh, yeah, you know, that's big. Um, especially in, in, in a non controlled environment when you're talking about um, sparring and things like that. Uh, it gets kind of dangerous and uh, threatening towards your career and things like that. Right. I mean, but, you, you, yeah, but your, your, your team's on fire right now. How do you see the, uh, the Robbie Lawler Hendricks fight going down? Um, man, that's like one of those things that I think when you're talking about two guys that are, you know, swinging swords at each other, you know, somebody can get down, you know, you don't really know who, but both guys got really good chin. Um, both guys, you know, got hands that are bricks. I think that Lawler is like the better striker when you're talking about who's, uh, who's more polished and who's got, uh, you know, finer, more precise technique. I think that it's Lawler, um, and you talk about who's got, you know, who's swinging for the fences, you know, from their hips, you know, that's Hendricks. So that's always an interesting uh, striking style when you're talking about, you know, a guy that does have boxing and Muay Thai versus a guy that, um, you know, is like a Rocky Balboa kind of fight. Right. Um, but Lawler's no stranger at fighting that kind of fight, you know, so I think that it makes a really interesting fight for the fans. I think that Robbie is going to win. You know, I think that, Robbie's faced good wrestlers before, like we saw what happened with the Josh Koscheck fight. Yeah. Um, he was able to, he, he was able to stop the shot, and then when he was taken down, he was able to uh, he he didn't take any damage, and he was immediately be able to rise back to the feet, reverse the position, get to that front headlock where he was able to uh, finish the fight from there with the, with the punches and the ground pound. Right. So I think the I think the Wallow uh, is going to win this one. I am I am biased, but when I when I think about who's got you know who's proven against that style of fighter and things like that, and, and who's fought every kind of fighter there is to fight. I think that Lawler's got more experience. And, and I, don't, I don't really – I think that Hendricks is a really good fighter. He's proven that. I think he won the fight against GSP four rounds to one. But I just don't – you know, Lawler's, Lawler's not GSP. GSP's not Lawler. I think that Lawler's going to come up on this one. Yeah, a lot of times when a guy switches camps, it doesn't work out for him. But it seems with Lawler that the opposite happened. Yeah, he's had a couple of fights, um, you know, with our team. I had a, I had a, you know, I didn't really get to talk to him about, you know, what it is we do different versus what he was. But it seems like uh, the structure that we have at American Top Team is uh, really working for a lot, of, a lot of the guys that are fighting at the high level right now. How do you see the uh, Shields versus Lombard going? I didn't even know that fight was happening. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely happening. Um, and uh, Lombard can't wait to kick his ass too, which is which is. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's that's a pretty standard Hector Lombard, uh, you know, quote right there. Yeah, no, he's like he's like, ask me about Jake Shields, and then he's like, I'll take him. Ask me about Ben Askren, I'll take him. Uh, he he was just like uh, he went through the entire division and said he wanted to fight every single person, which is pretty crazy. <laughs> now, uh, now, now, last. <laughs> I believe him. <laughs> yeah, he's a crazy dude. Now, last now I last time we talked about um. The time I saw you in Vegas when you stole two girls from me, uh, how's everything going with like the ladies going? That, that didn't happen. <laughs> I, I've got a girlfriend. I'm pretty happy with how things are going with that. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, I'm a settled down man. Nice. How long you had this, this uh, girlfriend for? About a year. 
Yeah, is she a is she a, a, a fighter or is she did she train? No, her? definitely not. Now, because I I've, I I hung hung out with a bunch of fighters over the weekend, women fighters, and they're they're pretty crazy. Like they're fun to hang out with, but they definitely get uh, it seems like they get horny and kind of become like men when they go out drinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that you have to have an elevated amount of testosterone to be. Uh, doing what we're doing, so I guess that would make sense. You know, actually, uh, Carla Esparza, when I was on stage, ran on the stage while I was doing my comedy set. She got she got so drunk, she ran on the stage. It was it was pretty wild. <laughs> what do you? What think? was that like for you? Uh, well, normally when a girl's on stage, I, I throw dollars at her. So, um, <laughs> but not not uh, this time. What, now, what do you think of the whole one fifteen pound uh, women's division? Um, I, th- I think it's good. You know, I think that it's, uh, you know, just having that one women's division was kind of like uh, h- hindering the progress of uh, women's mixed martial arts, at least at least from uh, at least from the UFC's perspective, you know what I'm saying? Because you have only uh, a limited amount of uh, stars, and then the people that are, are really good fighters, the women that are really good fighters, are either having to drop weight or they're having to gain weight to get to that 135. Uh, pound weight class and they're performing in, at a stage that they shouldn't be performing on, you know, so like their technique and, uh, you know, um, you know, the, the level of fire they are isn't shining through because they're either fighting women that are uh, too big for them to be fighting or they're cutting too much weight and they're unable to uh, access those techniques and the timing and things like that. They need to fight that level. So I think that adding another women's division for the UFC was kind of crucial in seeing, um, you know, women's mixed arts develop. Uh, through the UFC. They should have the heavyweight women. Dude, I was thinking, I was just thinking heavyweight that. Heavyweight women with the Dallas Cowboys and Khloe Kardashian. I think that would be, uh, <laughs> I think that would be good. Um, now you're fighting uh, Sam Celia uh, coming up, who's, uh, uh, you know, tough dude, guy hits very hard. How are you preparing? Oh, yeah. For, how are you preparing for him? Um, I guess not really uh, any different than um, how I usually prepare for a fight in form of like just general training. I'm still just, you know, training kickboxing, boxing, wrestling, and jiu-jitsu. Um, but I think that the his style uh, kind of has been going really well with the past two fights that I've been preparing for. You know, fighting with uh, Andy Ogle. Andy Ogle was known for coming in uh, real strong with that left hook, even though he threw, he threw the left hook um, a little bit more like a, a boxer in a more technical manner. Um, but he, had, he he jumped in with a long left hook and things like that, things that Tim Cecilia does. And uh, Manny Gamberian was known for, like, that same style, you know, swinging from the hips. Uh, Manny hit extremely hard. You know, that was one of the things I really respected and, and had to, uh, you know, keep focus on and things like that. So I think that, you know, coming in and fighting a power puncher who's got knockout power uh, in both hands, um, I think being able to fight a guy like that right now is really good for me. Seeing how I've been preparing for uh, – you know, that kind of style, that kind of guy that wants to make a dog fight. I've been preparing for those guys for my past two fights. So, yeah, they keep, you know, they keep if, I'm gonna, these, if I'm going to keep yeah. fighting these kind of guys, I'd rather keep fighting them in a row yeah. um, before, I'm, before I jump in and, and, and go back to fighting more technical strikers than that are at a high level like a guy like Ross Pearson. For, yeah, for they example. keep giving you these, like, short guys that hit, like, freaking bricks. You know? Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's up with that. You know, I, I kind of thought that when I got to, uh, you know, this high level of mixed martial arts, I was going to see some high level martial arts. But um, <laughs> I'm not saying that these guys aren't good, but I'm talking about from uh, a technical, technical. College, you know, like a guy like Ross Pearson, who is, uh, you know, he's a high level striker, you know, when you're talking about striking. 
But it seems like the past couple of fights I've been fighting um, are, you know, mentally tough um, bruisers. You know, guys yeah. that are trying to make that a dog fight take you out of that more um, technical kind of fighting and, uh, and trying to test more your will, you know, and getting your head like that, swinging from the hips, you know, um, you know, just that, just savages fighting those kind of guys. And, and I kind of thought that I'd be starting to fight some more guys that were like good at boxing and, um, you know, like the art of boxing and talking about, and then, you know, try or uh, you know, or kickboxing or something like that. Well, I, I think that you're like one fight away from like a top ten guy, you know? Yeah, I think so too. I think that um, you know, I think I think that I've been kind of treading that line for a while now. Um, I think that I keep showing in my fights that I am highly skilled, you know, from a technical standpoint. I know my peers respect me. I know the guys in you know the UFC brass. I know they respect me for uh, my skills, both standing. Uh, and on the ground from on a technical level, it's just it's just putting it all together, you know. These guys don't want to fight you in any one spot. They want to they want to hit you a couple times on the feet, and then when they you know when when you're ready to fight standing, that's when they want to put you up against the fence. And then when you're fighting that takedown, they want they want to take you down to the ground, but they don't want to fight you on the ground. They want to throw three punches and let you get back up. You know, it's, it's kind of like. Uh, it's kind of like the land phase 2.0. You know, it's, it's like uh, they're not trying to fight you in any one area because that's when you fight a guy like me, that's dangerous for them. You know? Yeah, no. So that's like what that's what the, that's what the game is right now. Um, so it's like the most well disguised form of timidity uh, that these guys are doing right now. Well, Cole, man, I wish you nothing but the best, dude. You're a great guy. You know, you actually came out to me after my, my Rogan thing and said I, I was funny as hell, and that meant a lot to me, man. If a guy like you thinks I'm funny, that means a lot. Um, <laughs> it, it really does, man. Uh, I'd love to have you back on the show. Sorry that I sorry about last week and this week. You know, you're, 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 you're a warrior, man. And I, you know, what I like about you is that you're, you're a true fighter, man. You, you'll, you'll, you'll fight anybody. Uh, and I got nothing but, nothing but respect for you, man. All right. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate it, man. Take care, Cole. Later. All right, later. Later. All right, that was Cole Miller. He's a badass. He's not going <laughs> to kick my ass for calling him an Thank hour Thank uh, We got Dan Hardy coming <laughs> on right now. We're going to call Dan Hardy right now. Dan's an old friend of mine. I can't wait to re uh, reconnect with him. We used to train together. Really? Yeah. No way. I swear to God. Really? Yeah, he was, uh, I used to go to Legends. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and he used to come, and uh, he was in my, uh, my uh, wrestling class. And, uh, Is that back when Toby Greer was working at the front? Toby and all those guys. Connor Hewn was the t instructor, and uh, Dan's a great dude. Yeah. Oh, uh, if I was single, I would have got some ass because of him. <laughs> you have hooked up with Dan Hardy? No, uh, I, hooked, I, I got the, these girls to meet him, and they came back, and they were all over me like, oh, my God, thank you so no much. Way. Yeah. And, uh, the way they were on me. Oh. I was hey, is this the outlaw, Dan Hardy? It is. Hey, what's up, man? It's Adam Hunter. Oi, mate. How are you, man? Hey, I'm here with uh, T-Rex. He's my uh, co-host on the show. What's up, man? How you going, man? Hey, good to talk to you, man. I, ha I haven't seen you in, like, what, five years? Yeah, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. Now, people don't know, me and Dan Hardy used to wrestle together. Uh, Dan, Dan Hardy was one of those guys. I was in uh, Legends, and all of a sudden, this crazy guy with a mohawk who's all tatted <laughs> up. They're like, hey, go with this guy. So me and Dan used to wrestle, and uh, Dan was always, like, the most polite, Toughest dude, uh, nicest guy in the world. Would come to my shows, and he's then an English uh, gentleman. And then English gentleman. And one day he's like, he goes into me. He goes, "Hey man, I'm, I'm fighting GSP next." 
I was like, dude, this, this, <laughs> there's no way this guy's fighting GSP. There's no way that's going to happen. And, uh, and, and I was like, he's going to get his ass kicked. I, mean, I, I love Dan, but there's no... And you went five rounds against the best fighter in the world and, uh, and did, did amazing. I was so proud of you, man. Thank you. Well, you, you knew firsthand that I had no wrestling skills. I mean, you, you hit me down over and over again. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't want to say that, but, but yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you know, you know what I like about you, though? It's like you, you, you weren't a natural wrestler, but your striking was on a different planet. But you would, uh, and I, I would take you down, but you would always get back up. And be like, Let's go again. Let's go again. Let's go again. And so I was no like, striking involved. He had no ego involved. Right, and right. No striking and no ego. You're one of these dudes. And I heard you were the same way in jujitsu, where like, if you got tapped, you're like, oh, I'm going again. You're one of these guys that just wants to get better, which. Uh, well, you know, that's what martial arts is all about for me. I, and, and getting my ass kicked on a regular basis was uh, the best way of getting better. And I got that at Legends. I got jujitsu and I got wrestled and. Yeah, I even got beefed in striking over and over again. So it was good. They were good days. I enjoyed those training sessions. And how's everything going? How's now? I heard you know. Obviously, I heard about the heart issues and everything. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm I'm good. I'm healthy. I'm just not cleared to fight. Um, It's just technicalities. I'm just. It puts me in a slightly increased, uh, you know, risk of uh, of heart attack. So basically, it's a liability issue, and we're just trying to figure out a way around it. You know. I speak to some doctors that aren't trying to sell me something and get an honest opinion and, and go from there. Is there um, but other than that, I'm good. I'm, I'm training every day. I'm healthy. And uh, I've just been helping Mac Danzig out for his last fight. And, yeah, so good. Now, we're, we're going to talk about that for a second. Uh, now, uh, the, Mac, the Mac Danzig fight, uh, Danzig uh, went in there. Uh, he had, obviously he had a tough time against, against uh, Joe Lozon. What do you think he did wrong? What do you think he could have done better? Um, I think he did a lot of things well. I mean, obviously his striking was uh, was on point. He was, you know, he was landing pretty much whatever he wanted on the feet, and he he wasn't taking any damage. Um, I, I think maybe maybe he just got a little bit too uh, uh, too comfortable with the boxing, and, and uh, that's why that's when Lozon capitalized with the takedowns. But you, we know Lozon, you know, he's real scrappy, he's very persistent, and and he fights in waves. You know, he gets this this surge of confidence, and then he just keeps going for like two minutes, and he never stops. So. It was a tough fight, and uh, you know, Mac was. Uh, it was. It was a tough training camp, and, and he, he, you know, he wouldn't say this himself. He wasn't 100 percent for the fight, and it was just one of those things. He went in there and gave his best, and, and uh, I really couldn't ask for any more. I was real proud of him. Yeah, I was actually surprised because I I rolled with Mac, and he submitted me like a hundred times in like five minutes, and I'm surprised he, he like doesn't use his jujitsu more during fights. Yeah, he, he was having some. Uh, he was having some some issues with his shoulder. Um, that started to develop during the week of the fight, and it was just kind of unfortunate. But I mean, we 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 got some great training sessions, and he was more than ready for it. And I mean, you know, his toughness showed through because ultimately, when when you you're in a bad spot and you you know you're fighting, you know, with a handicap or something, you, you just need to throw a bit of heart in there to make up for it. And, and Max got more heart than than he could possibly ever need, so that's why he hung in there. And it was a you know it was a tough decision loss, but. You know, it was good. It was a, uh, it, it was, it was another learning experience, another, another step along the martial arts path. Right now, speaking of which, um, we uh, had an open forum. Uh, Carrick, who uh, who runs the underground, wanted to know if you're planning on going back to uh, train with the uh, Shaolin monks. Um, I've got a few different plans for training. Uh, I'm going to be traveling a little bit next year and training in a few different places. But I'm not sure about, uh, I'm not sure about going back to China. It, it changed a lot. Uh, 
the, the two years after I left, they they rebuilt everything. I, I guess somebody came in and, and gave them a bunch of money, and they built this nice big training facility. And it's just not the same as it as it was, to be honest. So I, I like the memories as they were, but I don't think I could recreate that by going back to the, the same place. So I, I'm looking at you know other places in the world, Thailand and South America and uh, Australia, different places I could go and and uh, you know experience different types of training. Now you were actually now how long were you an actual monk for? <laughs> I was I was just there for a couple of months. I, I wasn't there for. Uh, did you wear like a robe and like? I did mean, they make you shave your mohawk? Yeah, no, I didn't. I, I had long hair when I got out there. Believe it or not, I was I was a, a huge Megadeth fan, and I had <laughs> I had hair down to my nipples. And I was there for a day, and they just they shaved my head. But no. we didn't get any of the robes or anything. We weren't allowed any of that. We just had kind of like like black kung fu outfits. But we were pretty much just trained in like you know just like kung fu pants and and. Uh, <laughs> Would you um? Would you stay at the, like, what is it, a monastery or whatever? Would you stay there with them overnight and all that stuff and just, like, adapt their whole lifestyle? Or would you leave and, like, go out on the town and stuff and then come back the next day? No, no, it was a living situation. I was there for, for the two months. It was a, it was a castle on a hill. Um, and they, did, they changed some of the, uh, the, the castle buildings into basically makeshift bedrooms. Wow, no, so, so there was no, like, monk... Was there any hot monk pussy there? Or <laughs> no monkey business? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it's none of that. You know, you've got to be well behaved when uh, when you've got monks chasing you around with sticks and stuff. Do you have to maintain a vow of silence while you're there? Yeah, exactly. All, all, all that, you know. Wow. Wait, wait, there were monks chasing around with sticks? <laughs> it was it was a pretty crazy time. It was, uh, yeah. <laughs> Changed me a lot, for sure. That's insane. some good scars as well. That's crazy. Now, I remember, uh, I'm, this is all over the place, but I remember you had... You had that hot girlfriend that I, I like knew you, you guys were over together. She was hot and angry. She was like, um, she was hangry. She was hangry, but you know, she was like kind of shy, sort of. But like, uh, I thought she was angry, but when I talked to her, she kind of lit up a little bit. Um, but yeah. but then you guys broke up. But now you have another hot, angry girlfriend. Is that like your type? Yeah. Or? Not not angry this time. Oh, she's not angry this time. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Very chill. Very mellow. <laughs> nice. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That, 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 that's cool. And now. Um, so how long have you guys been uh, together for? Uh, about, about eight or nine months. Yeah. Oh, wow. Not, not too long. She, she's my yoga teacher. so uh, yeah. That's got to be fun. Um, That's a my ass. Uh, the, the hot yoga, I just, it just kills me. I'm, my, my, I'm not as accustomed to that kind of temperature because I'm from England, you see. We like the cold <laughs> and, the, and the gray. And you put me in a room that's 105 and it's, it's just insufferable for me. Wow. Wow. The Bikram. Yikes. Exactly, but but if you've got a hot teacher, it makes up for it. Yeah, so, oh, absolutely. Uh, like it. She's probably, she's probably <laughs> flexible as hell and do kind of crazy positions. And I can only imagine what you're going. Through. Downward dog is the only one you need to know. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a very good point. Now, uh, now you moved to Vegas. Now, was that a tough transition moving to Vegas from LA? Um, yeah. Well, I, I miss California. I just love California. I like being there to see and you know being able to run to the beach between uh, training sessions, but. It was just time for a change, you know. Vegas has got a lot to offer, and uh, there's no traffic, and there's you know consistent training. So it, it was a pretty easy transition, to be honest. It wasn't one that I, I particularly wanted to make, but I needed to make some changes. I needed to, to you know switch things up in my training camp and start working with some different people. So it just made sense at the time. And now I'm out here. I've made a lot of good friends, and I, I, I very much like Las Vegas. But uh, it's still it's still just a temporary place for me. I'm ready to move on again. I think. Are you still training with uh, Roy Nelson? 
No, I'm not. No, I, I moved around a little bit. I started working with Frank Mir quite a bit for my last two, two fights. And then uh, um, and then, and since then, I've just kind of been floating around. I call into syndicate sometimes and uh, and train Robert Drysdale from time to time. I work with Ricky Mundell. Um, so I'm just, I just kind of float around. And now I've not had a, uh, had a fight to focus on. I've been doing a lot more uh, like strength and conditioning, uh, gymnastics, a uh, lot of yoga, stretching. I'm just kind of trying to rebuild my body. You know, I mean, it's been so long since I've had a break from fighting that I've not realized how kind of beaten up my body is. And this has been a good a good year to be able to, you know, rebuild and recover. You feeling good right now? I do get cleared, I'll be, oh, I feel great right now. Awesome. If I could start training camp right now, I'd be ready in, in four weeks. Now wow. Your, 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 your last fight was amazing uh, against Amir Sadala. I was so, you're wrestling, you actually, it was like, I, I I even joked about it how you could make the England Hall of Fame for wrestling. I could, you, you were I'm the only one in there. <laughs> you'd be the only one there. But but I mean you really had some great takedowns. And Sadal is not an easy guy to fight. I mean he's a tough guy to you know. He's uh yeah know. he's a grinder man. He just he's such a tough dude. I hit him with all kinds of shots and and he just keeps coming. He just keeps pushing forward. He's a you know very aggressive fighter. He puts his combinations together. What nice. He's got a real real Dutch style of kickboxing which was. Uh, it was, you know, it was nice to fight against somebody like that. And then the fight before that, um, uh, who was it against the fight before that? You, it was against uh, Ludwig, Dwayne Ludwig. Against Dwayne Ludwig, yeah. Then Dang. you beat Dwayne. That was that was, a, I mean, another super tough guy. I think by by beating Dwayne Ludwig, Ludwig, he he can say that he, he can beat up all of Alpha Male. <laughs> 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 and then uh, and then you fought you fought uh, the guy from uh, what's uh, Ohio, Chris uh, Chris. Uh, Who's oh, Chris Lytle, yeah. From, yeah, yeah, uh, Chris Lytle. Yeah, Chris Lytle. Yeah, Indiana. Right, from Indiana. And yeah, I, that, was, that, was the, uh, that was the last fight in my, my, my string of losses, yeah. That was, a, that was a good fun fight. But I thought you had him hurt a couple times. A couple times you landed some big shots, and I thought you almost had him out. Yeah, a couple of times. I hit him with an elbow in the second round, and, and he, had, he put his hand on the floor. I could see I'd hurt him. But again, just a... Just a tough veteran, you know. I mean, it, I, I didn't fight that fight very smart. I, I went in there just to, just to kind of roll because I was so disappointed with the the fight against Anthony Johnson being so boring. I just I went in there with the wrong mindset, and I mean, it worked out right. I mean, it was it was a great win for Chris, and it was his uh, you know his last fight of his career, which well, I was going to say to fight him before he retired. That make, that makes you a badass. He beat you, and and he retired. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's true. No, that was a yeah. No, that was a it was a good, it was a good fight. I mean, it was one of those things where I was like, uh, yeah, you were on like a, a, a definitely a, a tough streak for a while. Um, now, did you think that you were gonna get gonna get cut after that? I, I, I did, to be honest. I thought I was gonna get cut before that because I, I fought GSP and lost that one, and then the, dropped the, the fight to Condit as well. Um, and then I fought Anthony Johnson and lost the decision. So. Like that's three in a row, and you, the general rule of the UFC, obviously, as everybody knows, is you know you lose three and you're out. And I think that they kind of gave me the benefit of the doubt because I just fought three tough guys in a row, and then um, and then so that they, I just I basically said on on the online that I wanted to I wanted someone that was going to fight me. We're also um, very entertaining, man. That says something also. That, um, a lot of fans would have been mad had you been cut just because you're just fun to watch and you're and you're a great guy. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I'm just—I I like to fight. You know, I, I'm not doing this to, to to make money and to score points. And I, I want to fight. I want to test myself and and get in there and and you know, feel that that intensity of the fight. And I don't get it when people you know want to go in there and play by the rules and 
and try and hide from the combat, it, it kind of defeats the object of it to me. I, I've never really tried to have exciting fights. It's just it's just going in there with that, you know, let's have a fight mentality. No, that was the thing. I remember asking you, I'm like, because I remember... When I, I used to, after we, after we trained, I felt like when you won, that like we won. <laughs> For some reason, I thought I was like part of a, because I was like your wrestling partner and then you won. So right. that kind of validated my existence in life. And I was like, that guy whoops my ass on a regular basis. Well, I, I was like, well, man, I wrestle him and he's winning. So like I was living vicariously through you. I'm, I'm not even kidding, Dan. I had a show like nine hours somewhere north and you were fighting Rory Markham. And I drove nine yeah. hours with my phone off because I don't want to know who who won. And I made my dad was with me. And I'm like, we have to get home. He's like, let's go to a hotel. I'm like, no, I can't. I drove all the way back for nine hours to watch. And I think you knocked him out in the first round. But dude, I was and I was. But you're one of those guys also that um, I think that you would fight above, not above your level, but you would definitely get no ring jitters or octagon jitters. And I remember asking you about it, and you said you're like, yeah, I just have fun in there. Yeah, it, it was weird because I used to get nervous before the UFC. You know, like when when I was when I was fighting on Cage Warriors and in Cage Force in Japan and stuff, I would get nervous. But then, as soon as my first fight in the UFC arrived, it, it was almost like I kind of achieved what I set out to do. Right, and it took all the pressure away. So I, I never really felt. I mean, I felt a little nervous going into the GSP fight, obviously because of the the you know the the, the pressure and the the attention that was put on the fight, but. Other than that, it's just kind of been it's just been fun all the way, to be honest. You know, now, getting knocked out on TV kind of sucks, but apart from that. Now, how? Uh, now, yeah. After you get knocked out by Condit, like, now are you depressed for a couple weeks? Are you kind of ashamed to go outside? Like, what exactly goes happens to you after that? Yeah, I, I, well, <laughs> I kind of got yelled at by the UFC for this because I, I got knocked out on the Saturday night, and on Monday morning I was sparring with Andre Winner. <laughs> to help him out for his fight. Wow. Because <laughs> I, I felt fine. I mean, I, it was just one of those things. I got caught and I was annoyed. And I just wanted to, I don't, I wanted to be gone as soon as possible. So I just wanted to be back in the gym and moving past it. Um, but I, yeah, it put me in a weird space. It put me in a kind of a, I was kind of down and, you know, a little bit. Because I realized it was my own fault. It was my own fault I got knocked out because I came off the GSP fight you know, losing the decision, but then I spent four months after that fight with everybody being real nice to me and telling me that I just needed to work on my wrestling a little bit more and I'd be the champion. And you know how it is when, you know, when when you you, you perform above what people expect and everyone's real nice to you. And it just kind of it just kind of inflated my ego a little bit, I think. And I thought I thought I was going to run through Condit, and that was a real reality check for me. Right, right. I I, I remember uh, your I remember your girlfriend at the time when you came to my show at the Laugh Factory. I was like, how's Dan doing? And this is like, I think before the GSP fight. It was like, well, actually, you didn't have a fight at the time. And she's like, you got to talk to him. He won't stop eating Subway cookies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Those days are gone. <laughs> oh, those, those days, okay. So you're actually like taking him, like, you're, you're actually staying in shape in, in, in between fights, not just eating Subway cookies? I am. I'm actually seven pounds over my weight class at the moment. I'm 177 this morning. Oh wow! And I, I, I you, you, you know, you used to see me. I used to walk around like two fifteen. Yeah, no, I remember you were, you were huge. What? Yeah, he was, he was big. Yeah. He was, he was very big. And then, and then I would see you running, running by yourself, at like two fourteen, huffing up there. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was pretty yeah. funny. painful. That was. So when I'm you never any good about above two hundred pounds. Wow. You wait. You lost two hundred oh, above two hundred pounds. Now, when you and your ex girlfriend, you guys had seven cats, right? 
well, yeah, not all at the same time, though. I don't want to sound like I'm... I'm <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Thing. If you have seven cats at the same time, you have a serious issue. <laughs> no, I, I was just fostering them while, while they were waiting to get adopted. That was that was the deal. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I did, yeah, about seven, seven or eight, I think. Some <laughs> of them were strays that were rescued, and, and then the other ones were fosters. Now, i got to talk to you about, about now... Um, now, are you? Oh, by the way, are you still training with uh, the the Fertitas? Uh, I see them from time to time. I was using the, their gym at uh, um, the Batcave at Red Rock Casino for a while, um, but I, like I said, I haven't been hitting pads too much, so I've not been in there. But I, I bump into them from time to time. Nice. Now, um, now, Dana White said that you know. Uh, I remember him saying something along the lines of "You shouldn't fight because of your heart," uh, and then some doctors said that your heart, you know. You, like now, is it is it worth it? You think? I mean, if, you, if there's a chance of you having a heart attack, is it? Nah, this is, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, I've had this my whole life, and I've put myself through so many different tough and you know testing situations, and my heart has never failed me. And I've just I, there's nothing. You know, you, your risk drops as you get older. You know, over over thirty, it, you, your risk is is you know drastically diminished. And I've had this my whole life. I've never had a symptom, so to to think that it would affect me. You know, from this point onward, it just—it doesn't even factor into my thinking. I, I could literally, if I got cleared to fight, I would be fighting. So you know, I, I probably wouldn't go back to fighting three times a year, but I, I would like to fight again. Well, does uh, does this mean that there's a, ch- a chance that they won't clear you to fight ever again, or is this condition is it possible that it can get to the point where it's better and they will clear you? Well, it's not something that's going to change. Uh, the the only thing that I could have, uh, the only thing that I could do to to really change the situation is to have some kind of surgery to where they, they go into my heart and they've got to tr- they've got to find the second heartbeat and then if they can find it and it's in a safe place they can burn it but that's that's not really that's not an option for me not unless i feel like i need it doing for my own health which i i don't um so there is a possibility that they won't clear me at all regardless of whether i have it done or not um and there's also a possibility that they won't clear me because if, if, if I'm not having it done. I've decided that unless I feel like I need it for my health as opposed to my career, then I'll, you know. How, you, how, how, how are you doing for money and stuff? Is everything okay money-wise? Yeah, well, I, I've, never, I've never been particularly, you know, I've never been one of those guys that throws money around. So I've, I've just kind of like anything I've got paid, I've just kind of sat it in a bank account and I've just kind of used it as I needed it. But I, I don't spend a lot of money, so I'm not like, you know, I'm, I, I'm not riding, driving around in like a $50,000 car or anything, you know. Right, I, right. I, I, don't, I don't spend money like, like a lot of the fighters do, so it's not really not as much of an issue for me. But I have sponsors that are, that are looking after me at the moment, and then I have a few other things coming uh, going on. I've got uh, UFC have offered me a job doing TV stuff. Oh, um, that's great. Uh, that... TV analyst stuff, you know, because obviously they're growing in Europe. It's getting a lot bigger in Europe now, and they're going to need someone... Someone that knows the sport and someone that can that can speak can put sentences together, and there are not many fighters that can do that. <laughs> particularly late on in their career. Right. Yeah. I was um, I was I was wondering, is that something that you thought about? Like I was about to ask you if you've uh, thought about the next step. If they don't clear you, what are you uh, what are your plans next? Yeah, I, I've got a I've got a few ideas. I've I've got um, I've been offered a few writing gigs. Um, I'm writing for Muslim Fitness in Europe at the moment, um, and I'm, I've just started writing for Fightland as well. And they've linked up with Vice and HBO, so there's a possibility of me doing something, something TV based, something possibly with like a, a travel kind of, you know, 
Yeah, so that's great. Kind of crazy show. You should go into acting too, man. I think yeah, I think, I think, I think you'd be a good actor too. You'd be a, a, a really good villain. Snatch two, I think. Like Snatch I, two, starting Dan Hardy. <laughs> I kind of got too many tattoos for that, though. You know. Oh uh, yeah, I do have a lot of tattoos. Yeah, I don't know. I I I think that you'd be great, man. You definitely have a, a a certain vibe about you, man. You have a lot of fans. You know that, right? You got a ton of fans. Well, I'm starting to realize that. Yeah, people are uh, <laughs> starting to realize that. I was telling I was telling Adam before you uh, picked up that uh, I was in Houston. I think it was Houston at the Expo on 2012, and okay. uh, and and you were there. And these girls, I I own Trauma Combat Apparel. These go- girls came by the booth and they were trying to get a hold of you and trying to get close to you. And you were signing autographs somewhere or whatever. And so I took them over to where you were and I talked to the dude, let him know that I was one of the sponsors there. And they put the girls like right in front of you. And, the, and I went back to the booth, and these girls came back, and they almost jumped my bones. Like, if my uh, wife hadn't been standing there, I might have got some action. They're like, oh, my God, we got to meet Dan Hardy because of you. They're all over me. They didn't have to wait in line. And it was, uh, I was like, damn, man, how much ass does this dude get <laughs> if I'm almost getting some just because I got a, <laughs> these girls close to it? You know, but he's like, but you're more like a, but you're more of a, a girlfriend type. You always have a girlfriend whenever I know you, though. You always have a long-term girlfriend. Yeah. Like, Good on you, mate. Good on you. I'm, I'm a well-behaved kind of guy. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're not one of these guys when you're single that just you know runs a train on girls, right? I mean, you're definitely more. Of a... <laughs> no, I ain't got time or the energy for that. It's a lot of work. It's, it's a lot of work. How many how many chicks do you think that you've had sex with? In your Here life? we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now now with that, I, I have no idea. I, I wouldn't even like to guess. Like over five hundred? <laughs> no, probably not. Probably not that. No, probably not quite. All right, uh, more than what you weighed a, year, a couple years ago? <laughs> more, more than what I weigh now or more than what I used to weigh? Yeah, more, more than what you... Uh, so somewhere between what you weigh <laughs> now... 170 and 250. Yeah. Yeah. about 45 pounds, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, that's a, that's, that's a lot of girls. But I could see you... I could see him being like... Dan being like the kind of guy that just like... Like, if you like a girl, you're like, you know, you have the accent, you're a fighter, and then you never call her afterwards. Is that, is that sort of what you're... Like, your game? Yeah, I'm, I'm the dirtbag. I'm, I'm that guy. Yeah, <laughs> I could tell. Yeah. But uh, no, you're a super nice guy, man. And uh, hey, dude, it's great talking to you, Dan. Yeah, you too, my friend. It's been well, a long time. Yes, uh, I'm, I'm going to be in Vegas in February. Are, 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 are you stationed now in Vegas permanently? Uh, yeah, I'll be there in February, I think. Yeah, pretty sure. Cool. Well, I will, uh, I will text you when I'm uh, head, heading your way. Sounds good, my friend. Sounds good. Take care, Dan. Oh, later, man. Good talking to you guys. You Always too, good brother. talking to you, man. Take care. Bye. Talk to Lazy, then we're gonna get back to covering uh, stuff. I'm having a good time. I was, uh, I gotta admit, I was a little stressed out in the beginning. We got here, there was nobody here. Our producer didn't show up. I was a little mad at you, T Rex, but uh, I'm feeling better now. Cote cheered me up. <laughs> Just lazy. What up? What's up, man? It's Adam Hunter and T Rex. What up? How are what you? What up, fellas? I was worried. I hadn't heard from you guys. I was wondering if I if I messed up. Or, no, no. Uh, well, we, or I what? wanted I wanted you to come down and, and meet the people at Fox Sports and and bring in the family and everything. But you you I guess you uh you had other duties, right? You don't want to take your career to the next level. We understand. Yeah. You, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. It's uh, I gotta look out for Rhonda. Anything she needs, you know, I'm here for her right now and. Uh, Right. Now I'm going to get some hand wraps for her uh, as we speak. So, so are you? Yeah. All right. Okay. Let's all right, let's get to the bottom of this. So lazy, lazy. <laughs> let's get to the bottom of it. So lazy, the savage. You you start off as a journalist slash photographer, correct? I never wanted to be a journalist. As a matter of fact, I was 
ever wanted to do. I never wanted to put a camera in my friend's face and ask them questions they didn't want to answer. I wanted to be more of a documentarian and just, uh, just what goes on behind the scenes and, uh, and, and that kind of atmosphere of the fight game and humanize these fighters so that you can give them a way to relate. You know, otherwise they're just another couple of guys getting into a or girls getting into a cage and fighting him. You know, what's to make you care about them? So that was my goal. And then I and then I will link up with Middle Easy and they're like, Hey, we want you to ask some questions. So whatever pays the bills, right? Right. And now you you you, you became infamous with the whole you you when the whole mayhem thing happened. This is like a couple of years ago, people don't know. It was the the peak of mayhem's career he was on bully beatdown and you were going over there to kind of like cover he was getting his his, his his it was like a brown belt ceremony or something lazy sorry go go ahead i have the gps on oh, okay so you were you were you were there and then uh, what, does it say to ronda's ass okay but, but okay so i'm saying so so you showed up and then um and then mayhem picked a fight with you uh and then you you recorded it and then it blew up on the internet right is that kind of what happened Actually, I didn't record it. Well, what happened was I was invited by Rafael Cordero to come film like I always was. Uh, he would love when I made videos for him, and he said he was going to open up his brand-new gym. He was going to have a ceremony. He wanted me to be there. I worked for Jason Ellis, and when I worked for Jason Ellis, me and him used to mess around all the time about the whole Diaz and Mayhem scenario. And, you know, he was a, he was a Mayhem guy, and I was a 209 guy, and we used to joke about it, and we were joking around on Twitter one day, and Mayhem chimed in and started calling Nick a bitch and all this other shit. And, you know, I, I have friends with a lot of fighters. Some don't get along with others. It's just part of the game. You know, not everybody's going to get along with this. I realized that. But when I showed up that day, Jason Mayhem Miller was there, so I thought to myself, all right, cool. At least I'll get to talk to him and bullshit with him. About, am I allowed to cuss? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. I thought I was allowed to bullshit with him. Anyway, he he flipped out, and uh, his cameraman was there, and they used me as, like, a pawn to try and get a fight with Nick, and he just basically punked me out. And Yeah, it was a shitty situation, but... Uh, so Mayhem, like, got know, in your was, face and was like, oh, now, were you worried that he was going to punch you? Cause he, I mean, I, I, I'm friends with Mayhem, and... He he's looks a, like he's not right. He's a, he's a very, like, you know, intimidating guy, especially, and he has those kind of crazy eyes. Yeah, his eyes, like, like yeah. Sort of his eyes... And be, that's... That's the thing is, like, I had filmed Mayhem plenty of times in the past. Like, he knew who I was. He knew who I was cool with because, you know, my relationship with Jason Ellis and everything. And so when he came up to me, he's like, you're lazy. And at first I thought he was joking um, because, you know, I like I said, I had filmed him a bunch of times before and he knew who I was. And uh, and then he pushed me in the face and I realized, oh, shit, shit got real, real quick. And, yeah, dude, I was intimidated. It looked like. Mayhem was walking around like 200 pounds that day and was, you know, he stopped sparring and like spotted me. I think one of his cronies or, uh, you know, came up and was like, yo, that's lazy. That's Nick's friend. He's, uh, you know, talking shit about you, which never really was the case. I had a lot of, I have respect for all fighters and, you know, I don't, I don't really trash my, uh, my friends opponents. Yeah, no, by, by the not, way, I, I, I met you a couple times. You were probably one of the nicest people like a t nice stoner, down to earth, like just a very, a very nice guy. You know, you're not one of these like you have no, no chip on your shoulder. You're not like a mean, imposing guy. But okay, that 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 being said, so was there a part of you that was like, well, 
if I get into a fight with Mayhem and I land a lucky punch <laughs> and then it gets broken up, at least I won't look like a, a, a complete puss. Is that sort of... Dude, honestly, I was scared for my life. I, I didn't even... Uh, it, it all happened so fast that I didn't even realize what was what was going on. And uh, at first I thought it was a joke, and then I realized it wasn't a joke when you know he started getting real physical. And then the worst part is I get home... I get home and there's a a video online posted by uh, by his camera crew and they edited it to make me look, you know, basically like a little bitch and and uh, you know, so that was that story. Wow, no, that sucked. I woke no. I woke up every morning for like the next like three months, four months with like a thousand haters, you know, <laughs> messages from haters saying that I should kill myself and this, that, and the other. And, oh, it was just, it was awful, man. I was, I was like, damn, all I ever wanted to do is go on with everybody and showcase how hard these athletes work, you know? And, and I almost stopped and just, I almost, like, just quit MMA. Just, I mean, not even, not that I do MMA, but, uh, you know, I just almost quit the field and was going to find something else to go work in. It was so bad. But, you know, everything happens for a reason. I learned from it. And since then, uh, I talked to Mayhem, and we yeah. watched that, and we're cool, and he apologized, and I apologized for anything I may have said that offended him or anything like that. So, now, did you go back and tell know. Nick Diaz what happened? I actually told Nick that day. I was like, man, you will not believe what, what just happened. Like, I just got punked out by Mayhem, and they're trying to campaign for a fight, and, and Nick texted me back, and he was like, I'll fight that motherfucker at 180. Tell him, you know, I'm not trying to mess up my whole, you know, because Nick was worried that not about mayhem, but that, you know, he was the 170 pound champion at the time. He didn't want to have to go up to 185 pounds to fight some guy who didn't deserve to fight him, you know, and then have to diet back down to 170. I mean, that, that kind of thing takes a toll on your body. So Nick was like, fuck it, you know, have me at 180, you know, I'll fight him at 180, blah, blah, blah. So, um, you know, but at the same time, I was like, man, mayhem's just getting exactly what he wanted, a reaction out of Nick by doing this. So, you know, we just did what was best and what ultimately was best for Nick's career and uh, ignored it and went on to bigger and better fights. So you and, and you know, you and Nick are, are like, no offense, no offense to Jason or anything like that. But I mean, look what what's happened to his career since then. And I just don't think that would have been pretty for him either. You know, well, he's right here listening to all this right now. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> yeah. Now, 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 now you and Nick are, are uh, best friends, correct? I'm not best friends with Nick. Nick's the homie. Nick, uh, Nick lets me kick it and train and, and is one of the nicest guys, you know, as outside of the cage. You know, he takes care of me. I, I tell Nick, hey, I want to come down and lose 15 pounds. He's like, yo, stay at my house as long as you need to. You know, I just broke up with my girlfriend. He's like, come stay at my house. You can live here. Come train, blah, blah, blah. You know, so he's that kind of guy, and he's always, uh, you know, kept his doors open for me, so I appreciate that, and I try to, you know, uh, you know, I try to do the same for him. Anything I can do for him. Do you guys? The same thing. Do you guys smoke a lot together? Does Pinocchio have a wooden dick? <laughs> uh, yeah. You smoke Pinocchio's uh, dick? Uh, yeah, I get. Okay, so so you and Nick are always. So you got you guys like smoke and now. <laughs> so you and Nick are you Nick and then does, does uh, Nate smoke or no? Yeah, yeah, we all burn. I mean, if, if, we don't trust anybody that doesn't smoke weed. I mean. It, that's just how it is. It's a California, maybe it's a California thing. I don't know, but yeah, shit. I'll tell you something. 
<laughs> those boys, uh, they really like to test the limits when it comes to drug testing. <laughs> you know, they really got it close. Uh, but I think that that's the whole reason Nevada kind of upped the, the tolerance for it was sort of solely based on Nick. You know, people got fed up with the fact that people were testing positive and losing bonuses and getting wins overturned for testing positive for marijuana. I mean, it's a fucking joke. In my opinion, I don't know how you guys feel about it. Well, the only way marijuana is is uh, uh, performance enhancing is if you're high watching a performance. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or in like hacky sack. Now, now, now you, you, you were saying that you have some stories about Nick that no one knows about that you were going to tell us. Ah, uh, here's here's a good one. So, so we're out in Hermosa. We're having a good time. Nick's in L.A. and um, Nick never comes to L.A. He hates L.A. He hates leaving Stockton. Period. So he comes to LA and we're out having a good time one night. And he's like, you know, I really want to do some things with some sponsors and get, you know, just some extra cash on the side, you know, just so like, just so I can, you know? And I was like, dude, yeah, absolutely. We can make that happen. But at the same time, I'm thinking to myself in my head, I'm like, dude, this is Nick Diaz we're talking about. So I have to be weary with this. And, uh, I had a couple sponsors lined up. I won't, <laughs> I won't name names or anything like that, but I was like, yeah, I'll set something up for you, Nick. So we, we set up a meeting and, uh, we go in and right before we walk in, I said, Nick, you know, whatever they try to get you to, to endorse or anything like that, I said, just fake it until you make it. If they want you to sell snowballs to an Eskimo, you tell them you can do it. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I got it for sure. <clears throat> so we go and sit down in the meeting. Uh, you know, the guys are, the guys come in, they're gentlemen, they're nice, they shake Nick's hand, you know, they're like, hey, how's it going? We sit down and they start telling me about this new product they're coming out with, which is like this kind of training dummy uh, thing that's used for Mitworks. And they're going on and on about how excited they are and in detail about it. And, and uh, you know, after they're done giving their spiel, I, t- I turn to Nick and I look at him, you know, thinking to myself, all right, Nick, here's your chance to sell yourself, you know? I go, hey, Nick, you know, well, what do you think about, you know, demoing this product and, and showing the world, you know, how to use this? And Nick looks looks at me. He looks at the guys. He leans back in his chair. He looks down at this table. He says, and then he looks up at us and he says, honestly, that's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he's like, he's like my, jaw, my jaw dropped to the floor. And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, this isn't happening right now. Like I'm, I must be dreaming. This has got to be a nightmare. And it goes, he's like, actually, that thing is so fucking stupid that you might be able to sell it just because I hate it so much and people hate me so much. Oh and I'm thinking to myself, God. dude, what is going on here? Like this, like, and you should have, you guys should have seen the look oh. on the sponsors' faces. They were in shock, you know. So. So it, it gets worse. It gets worse. Or better. Better now. At the time, I felt like it got worse. Now that it's all over and I can laugh about it, it's, it's fucking hilarious. So, we. So, I don't know why. I don't know why. Just, for some reason, I kind of panicked and I was like, well, you know, what about their other product? You know, what do you think about their other. So I turned to the guy, I turned to the sponsors and I'm like, well, you know, maybe this product isn't for everybody. I'm sure there's people that would love it. And he was like, uh, he's like, yeah, I bet Jake Shields would love that stupid shit. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, oh no. I was like, well, what about Jake? You think Jake would like it? And he was like, yeah, Jake would probably love that stupid shit. He'll use it. And I was like, this is just, this is awful. And then I'm like, well, well, what about their product? You know, they they make these supplements. And he's like, 
honestly, I don't know how people put that shit in their body. If I ate that shit, I would die. That would kill me. He's like, but you guys trick people into thinking it's good for them. And I'm sitting here just now I'm sweating uh, and, and I'm thinking, okay, well, this sponsorship deal is out the door along with any other one that I ever wanted, you know, trying to negotiate ever again. Oh, so man. the guy starts talking about the, he goes, he tries to go back to his training equipment and Nick cuts him off. And you know, these guys are in good shape. They, they run a supplement company, that kind of thing. So, you know, one of them is a bodybuilder and he's got a nice body and, um, and, uh, Nick Nick cuts him off in the middle of what he's saying. He's like, do you train, bro? Like, do you fight? And the guy's like, well, you know, I used to do a little wrestling, and, and Nick cuts him off again. He's like, I can find you sparring if you want to come to Stockton. Meaning, like, basically, come to, come to spar me in Stockton, I will fuck you up. Uh, so just, it got so awkward that Nick got confrontational, and it was just, I walked out of the meeting, and I was like, I... I didn't even know what to say. I was just so you, in you, shock. We like, bro, and, th- these guys are giving us money. Why would you do that? Wait, we'll say that again? Did you, ask, hey, did you say to him, hey, man, look, they're, they're trying to give us money. Why would you do that? You're supposed to be like, fake it till you make it kind of thing. Did you tell him that? If you know Nick, <laughs> at that point, he's, it's, it's too late. It's, he's made up his mind. He was pissed off. He felt like he got... Like, they were a bunch of steroid freaks. He wanted nothing to do with their product. Like, that was just his mindset. It, it was hilarious, in my opinion. But wow. in, in reality, Nick's right, though. He's not going to sell out for anybody. He now, can't. There's not a bone in his body that is fake. He can't fake it until he makes it. Like, he just keeps it 110% real on how he feels. There's no filter. There's no switch. It's just who he is, man. Now, now, there are a lot of stories about Nick, uh, like camera crews going to Stockton, waiting for 10 hours and having Nick not show up, or Nick not going to press conferences. Why is that? Um, you know, to be honest, in my opinion, I don't 100% know. I just think that Nick probably thinks, hey, the less stuff that's out there on me, the less shit I have to read people talking trash on me, you know, because... Nick's haters are ruthless, too. And, dude, I don't care who you are. If you read the Internet and people are talking trash about you, that shit sucks, man. So Nate, Nate once, told me, once told me, he's like, yeah, I used to read every single comment. And he was like, I get so pissed off that I would just go run five miles. He's like, maybe I should start reading that shit again. You know? <laughs> but, it, you know, it ruins people's day. So I don't blame Nick for wanting to stay off the Internet and wanting to, uh, you know, not do interviews and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It but meanwhile, sounds- he's on YouTube 24-7, so... Yeah, and it, it, sometimes it kind of works the opposite way though. Where when like, he doesn't show up, and then doesn't it talks show trash up, about him. he gets all kinds of he gets more than you know more coverage than if he would have showed up. Yeah, he's like an anomaly of the sport, an enigma. <laughs> I don't know what you want to call him, but can't win for losing. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, yeah, I mean, now he go ahead. according to Dana, he turned down the Condit fight. Is that is that true? Yeah, I don't I don't think Nick uh, dude Nick's not going to just up and take a fight. I know he was thinking about coming back. Um, maybe like May, June, or July. Uh, you know, he wanted to take some time off. You know, you get guys like George that get to fight once a year and make $10 million or whatever. I think I heard a rumor that George make t- makes $10 million per fight after all his sponsors and all, all the pay-per-view and stuff like that. That's what I heard. I don't know if that's true. But he fights basically once a, once a year. Meanwhile, Nick's fighting three times a year. He's fighting, you know, crazy tough guys all the time. And... uh you know, the dude wants a break, he, you know, and right now he's got some money in the bank account. He's not, you know, not hurting for a paycheck. So 
He's in no rush. He knows he can get back right back. And he's, listen, this isn't a guy that gets fat and out of shape. You know, this is just a guy that mentally he he wants to be 110% ready, I'm sure, you know. But if, in reality, if he saw Carlos Conant in the fight, I mean, on the street tomorrow, and Carlos was like, what's up, fool? You know, Nick would fucking scrap right there. So, but if he's going to get paid and it's a prize fight, yeah, he needs some time to get in, you know, and get in the fighting shape because he's been enjoying his retirement. And I don't blame him, dude. Like I said, the guy fights three times a year since he was like 16 years old. Give the guy a break, man. That's why I don't think he was worried about ever testing positive for weed. For him, it was like, yeah, suspend me for a year. Then I have an excuse not to tell people, you know, why I'm not fighting. You know, then I can just say, hey, I'm suspended. I can't fight. Instead of, oh, I, you know, I want to take a year off. What's crazy about Nate Diaz, he, um, he made fifteen thousand for his last fight, but then he got he won, and so he got the you know fifteen and fifteen to fight, fifteen to fight, fifteen to if he won, that's thirty, and then he won the fifty thousand knockout of the night. So that's so he ended up making eighty thousand dollars, or it was probably more than that with sponsor. But yeah. the the initial base was fifteen thousand, but he got fined twenty thousand for calling Brian Caraway <laughs> the F word. Mm-hmm. So he actually made less money than he did for tweeting something. Uh, he got fined for tweeting, which is ins- ins- I don't know if he actually got fined, but. Uh, but that that's pretty crazy. Fifteen grand. Yeah, that's absurd. I, I don't know. I don't. To be honest, I don't ever feel comfortable talking too much about fighters' pay and stuff like that. But uh, I'll just say this: don't believe everything that you read. Yeah, you know, there's always there's always things that are. Yeah, I mean that, that's what was reported on in an article. Fifteenth, I'm sure he I'm sure he got paid more than that. You know, I'm sure. Yeah. I, I mean, it was uh, it was he was the main event and the Ultimate Fighter finale. <laughs> So, uh, and he's one, he's one of the most marketable lightweights in the division, if not, you know, the most marketable. I mean, the guy has a crazy following on social media. He's one of the most popular figures in the UFC, if not in the entire lightweight division. So, I mean, he's dude. He's got more Twitter followers than like I think TJ Grant and Benson Henderson combined. You know, he's just a popular guy. So fans love to see him fight. Yeah, and uh, he, he's performed on the Fox cards a bunch of times. That was crazy. I didn't think he was going to beat Maynard. I thought Maynard was going to take him, and then uh, he destroyed Maynard. That was. I told you. That was. I, I was, told you he going to be him. Yeah, he looked amazing in that fight. He. Yeah, Ronda and I were losing our shit in the front row watching that fight. Man, you know, uh, usually, uh, you know, I cover the events m- media for MiddleEast.com, and you know. As, as a reporter or whatever the hell you want to call me when I'm there, I'm supposed to kind of sit on my hands and bite my tongue, that kind of thing, you know, but it was nice to be there as a fan that night and actually get to cheer for my boy, you know? Uh, so that was really cool. And yeah, I was totally impressed with him and I'm surprised the doctor didn't or the ref didn't stop it sooner. Cause from where we were sitting, it looked like gray belonged on an episode of the walking dead. I mean, he looked like a zombie when he was taking punches out there. So yeah, no, it was like, um, I mean, uh, Diaz asked the ref to stop the fight, which is like, uh, on, you know, that was nuts. I mean, it just shows you how good a sports they, they actually, even though they give you the finger and do all that, talk all this smack and make, make muscles. I mean, he, he like didn't, <laughs> he like didn't want to actually hurt Maynard, you know, which was, uh, which shows you the, the character of those guys. Speaking of, of Rhonda, uh, so what, are you, are you her personal assistant? I mean, what exactly do you do? You no, know, I, to be honest, Rhonda and I have been friends for a while. I introduced her to Nick and Nate. I took her up to Stockton to train with them. Um, and that's how she met them. And, uh, you know, when you spend two weeks with somebody on a road trip, you either, you know, become great friends or you want to strangle each other. And, you know, birds of a feather flock together, I always say. And, um, we were just, 
had a lot in common and it was just cool kicking it with her and we've been friends ever since and I just went through a, a breakup after three years and you know she was like my house is your house you need a place to stay while you get your feet under you come out she's like I definitely love to have you around for camp you know I try to make myself an asset not a liability when I'm around so does she smoke she needs what's that does she smoke out with you no you know she's she's not like that which is crazy because she's from Venice and uh, she grew up here her whole life and everybody here, but she's, she's too focused on her career to mess around with, with stuff like that. So now, does she, I, I know that be, she, does she ever, hit I get on? to be enough of a load head for both of us combined. Nice. Now does, does she ever hit on you or say, listen, lazy, I kind of need my needs filled. Come here. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Like uh, her and my ex-girlfriend were actually really good friends. And Rhonda's always been like a sister to me. You know, uh, she's always looked out for us. And you know, when I was dating, my girlfriend, I was supporting her kids and that kind of thing. And Rondo was always real great to us. And, um, you know, it was never like that. Not even for a split second. Oh, come on, but she, but she does say that she, sex gets her testosterone up and that she needs to have it. And then you're there. She's not like, hey, dude, get over here. I mean, come on. Let's, I mean, no, nothing. No, but she, she's an amazing wingman. I'll tell you that. <laughs> she, she, uh, she hooks it up. She's the shit. So, so you, wait, so you, no, you've got, you got Rhonda? Yeah. I don't see her, uh, you know, she's like, she doesn't go on dates. She doesn't have a boyfriend. Like, she trains every single day, two times a day, most of the day, and then goes home and gets the, you know, bare minimal amount of rest that she actually gets to get because she's working so hard, you know. Um, but it's funny because everybody on the Internet is like, oh, she's – She's fucking so and so, you know, because they see her in a picture, you know. And I always hear Rhonda. She was like, "I wish I was getting laid as much as they think I'm getting laid," you know. So I always thought that was funny, but no, that well, poor well, girl puts her heart and soul into training. That's the only thing she cares about. And well, tell her to no, call me. I mean, cause I could, I could help her out with that. Honestly, I think I'll, that- I'll definitely let her know, Adam. I think she has a thing for. Uh, Little scrawny blue haired or uh, blonde hair, blue eyed guys. So oh, really? I'll, I'll I hook think, you up. I, I think we make a cute couple. Thanks for calling me scrawny. I, I appreciate that. You know, Lazy's training now. He actually lost. <laughs> he actually lost twenty five pounds, and and then you go running with them, right? You, Rhonda, Jessica. Yeah. Is yeah, like- Jessamine, Shayna, all the uh, Davy was and Davy Grant was here for a while. You know, it's basically like a fighter house, man. Everybody just comes in, and trains, and so it's impossible for for me not to train and lose weight. You know, they got me eating right and working out every day, and yeah, training jujitsu. And it's funny because if you go back and watch, the very first time I ever rolled or did anything was against Nick Diaz and Ronda Rousey. If you go online, you look up the YouTube video. Lady Savage with Ronda Rousey and Nick Diaz, they annihilate me. I mean, they destroyed me. <laughs> and it, it just sucked. It was like the worst feeling. And, uh, you know, ever since then, Nick's like, man, you need to go get your blue belt. Like, why aren't you training? Why aren't you training? And then when, when I started going up to Stockton, he was like, all right, you, you have to train. You're coming with me. Let's go. You know, don't get tapped out today. And I'm like, yeah, okay. But even going into Stockton, into their gym, and everybody's licking their lips. You know, luckily everybody's cool there, and they all, you know, that crew is tied to shit, you know, but they all, they're all bloodthirsty in there. You know, they're a bunch of savages. That well, why would, from, but why you would know. you agree to roll with Nick Diaz and Rhonda on your first day and then put it on YouTube? <laughs> I mean, you know, I thought, I thought it would be funny. I didn't know it was going to be pathetic and hilarious. <laughs> you, know it was gonna <laughs> so, suck. you know, uh, but yeah, I always tell people, I'm like, damn, 
I, I compare Nick to like an anaconda snake. When, when he grabs a hold of you, it's just like a slow, methodical death. Like, he's not putting any strength in anything. It's all technique, and he just makes it look so easy. He's not even breathing hard. Rhonda is like a silverback gorilla. Like, she grabs you, and you're going, your, your heels are going over your head, and you're lucky if your head doesn't get smashed to the ground. Like, she is just a savage. And uh, I feel. If Misha thinks that getting under skin, or getting under Rhonda's skin was a good idea, or that she's got a psychological advantage, she's she's wrong. She just pissed off the bull, and uh, Rhonda's in beast mode right now. And every night she's just filling her mind with hate and uh, and taking that out on her sparring partners the next day in training. And it's, it's awesome to watch, to be honest. So wow. Um, all right, so final, ready. final question, Lazy. So I know you train with Cody McKenzie, or you guys and Cody are good friends. What what what, what happened last week? He like forgot his shorts. He he looked out of shape. What what happened with Cody? Dude, Cody's a fighter's fighter, man. Cody is the guy that will fight in the cage, in the ring, in the street, at the bar. Doesn't matter. You know, to be honest, Cody makes more money fishing in Alaska than he makes fighting in the UFC, and you know, I'm not saying that he deserves to be making a... a you know, is he on the time money, bandit? You know. Say it again? Is he on the time bandit? Does he own the time bandit? What's that? The, is he on the what, time what bandit? Is, what, what is the time bandit? It's a, one of those fishing boats that's on that show, Deadliest Catch in Alaska. Oh, well, make sure... Uh, bring up more uh, I'm not, references. That I'm not know. sure, hey, man, but... I, <laughs> guys on the television? Cody, Cody doesn't give a shit about sponsors or anything like that, because, you know, sponsors right now in MMA are offering Cody guys like Cody McKenzie $400 to wear their product on national television, on Fox. I mean, let's be realistic. That's a slap in the face. 400 bucks. I'll pay Cody 400 bucks not to wear their product. You know, that's, that's how Cody feels. He would rather go out there in a pair. You know, his last fight, he wore fancy pants because, you know, wild beer bombs pants because no sponsors wanted to offer him a decent amount of money. And, you know, it's it's funny because all these sponsors think they can get these fighters that are at that level for that cheap when they should be paying them more and they're worth more. And so it's basically Cody's way of of saying a big fuck you to all the cheap sponsors out there. And what did he do? He went and bought a pair of basketball shorts and wrote his area coat on him like a gangster just because he wanted to represent, and that was it. And he went out there and fought. Now, dude, Sam Stout is tough as shit. Everybody knows that. Yeah, He's a savage. He's a savage. And, you know, Cody didn't look terrible in there. He, in the first round, he you know he was winning that first round until he got you know dropped with that body shot, and I think maybe Sam stole that round, and then you know Sam kind of figured him out a little bit. But um, but it seemed like Cody, Cody cut, not, it seemed like he cut Cody's him not a, a striker, though. and he was in there he was in there striking with Sam Stout the best he could, and he didn't look terrible. And um, no, I'm, know, a, I'm a Cody so. fan. It just seemed like he lost a lot of weight quickly for that. Cody fight. never comes in great shape. Cody will always come in looking with that same body type, same. Same, uh, you know, same frame, but he'll always come to fight, and you know that's it. That's a good point. That's a good point. Well, Lazy, we'd love to have. Uh, uh, if if uh, we can't get Nick Diaz on, I'd love to have Lazy's Nick Diaz stories because they're probably funnier in your version anyway. Uh, we'd love. Dude, to- next time I'll get way more high and I'll, I'll tell some hilarious <laughs> ones. So thanks for having me on, guys. Oh, dude, I appreciate any, it. Any time, oh, man. man. Take care, Lazy. Keep up the good work. Lazy. Uh, all right, brother. Peace. Later. That was that was lazy the savage. Uh, that was crazy. That was a funny story. Nick Diaz was the sponsor. That's really funny. That is hilarious. So uh, all right, so we got that. Uh, Uriah Faber. We'll talk about his thing. Um, he fought Michael McDonald. Uh, 
Faber looked amazing. I, I, I knew that was going to... I called that. I mean, a lot of times I don't call it, but he actually came in there, looked like he was in, he was in great shape. He's, and, he's, and he, you know, it was nice seeing because he's from California. He's from Sacramento. He's a California, California kid. kid. And it's just like, he's a star. I mean, he, he, he looked incredible. Uh, thing about it, though, was a lot of people were talking about Michael McDonald's back knee. Because he he has he does have really huge welts on his back and people were Is that from roids. I don't think he does roids. I, I doubt that guy does. Maybe maybe from not getting laid for four years or or, wow. or, or, or or what that was. Maybe those he's getting laid so much that those are bed sores. No, he said that he hasn't had sex in three and a half years. What? Yeah. Which I told you before on the podcast. Thanks for listening. But he said I was he, high. He said that God <laughs> does not want him to have sex. I'm just kidding. So what? he said that God, yeah, God doesn't want him to have sex. He said and he's taking a leave of, of abstinence for, for I don't know to become a better person. I'm not really sure what that means, but yeah. So he hasn't had sex in three and a half years, um, and he went out there and uh, Faber beat him. McDonald's a great fighter. Uh, but I'm not. The point about the back knee is that people were constantly emailing me jokes to, to retweet or whatever. And if I like a joke, I'll, I'll favorite it. If I really like it, I'll retweet it. You know, what's his name? Um, wrote a joke about him. Bubba McDaniel said he's going to be sponsored by Proactive. <laughs> but the thing is, I'm not. Proactive. I don't, I don't want to make fun of a guy for having back zits. I, I, it's sort of. <laughs> back zits. It's sort of. To me, it's just kind of a cheap shot. I just don't want to do it. It's like certain things people can't control. control right. And it's sort of being a bully and being mean. And I'll, I'll, I'll make fun of someone for getting a bad tattoo or... or, or something they can control. Cardio runs out or whatever it is. It's one thing. But when you have back knee, I don't want to be the guy to make fun of a person with back knee. So I understand why people do make fun of it. And, I, I under, and I'm not trying to censor anyone's jokes. But I just didn't really feel like that. I thought that was a kind of a cheap shot. I'd rather make fun of something, something else. You know, back. I kind of felt bad for his back knee. Maybe because I've had back knee before in high school wrestling. It, it sucks having back knee. You, you, you know, back knee. But but it was pretty bad. I mean, like Cecil really? Pe- Cecil Peoples was actually reading it. Like that's no, but like Braille. Yeah, exactly. It was it, it was pretty rough. So and in the main event, Benavidez uh, Dude, versus Johnson. That was brutal. Brutal. And one of the interesting parts about that was that Rogan and Goldberg were just saying... At the, at the exact moment that he threw that. He has perfect technique. Uh, and right. then, boom! Yeah, and Rogan, the whole show was being funny. Like, he called uh, Bobby Green Bobby Brown during his fight. <laughs> so then I wrote, it's his prerogative. But, it's, uh, but yeah, Benavidez just got... I mean, you know, it's funny. It's like, it's not funny. It's, it's like you've never been knocked out before. And that, you know, sometimes you don't believe you can get knocked out. And a guy like Benavidez, it just shows you how advanced and how high level these MMA guys are. Because Benavidez is a great wrestler, just a solid kid. I mean, just a, a little muscle. His you know? stance looked kind of weird to me, though. Did it not look weird to you? Like his whole, like, it looked really closed. I don't know. I was, I was hoping he would win. I was because re- I, I, I wanted him to win, too. I, I met him. I know his, his girlfriend, Megan. Yeah. She's a sweetheart. And I, the, getting knocked out was. Look who's standing out there looking in the window making faces at us. Oh, nice. <laughs> Our producer just showed up. Hey, that's DJ. like two hours late there, hey, handsome. Not even two hours. He's a half an hour past the two hour late. He's two and a half <laughs> hours late. DJ, check it out. I'll show you. Hold on. I want to show, show DJ, my producer, the text. <laughs> 
What's, What's going up? on, man? Boom, boom. So, yeah, DJ, right here. Right. Show me yours and I'll show you mine. Show you. Wow, this is, this is good. So I'm going to show DJ why he wasn't here for two and a half hours. So now all the fighters are mad at me for calling him late. But we did. Josh came in and figured out. Hopefully this is being recorded. It is. It's not even recorded. We just realized it's not recording. So, uh, okay, look. Josh is so my boy. He holds two, it down. 2 p.m. tomorrow, 12 mm-hmm. to 2. Was it because of a joke I made about him? 2 p.m. That's what I got. I got why. Oh, wow. 2 p.m. tomorrow. And then the next message I get, it's cool. Look, it says 12 to 2. I wrote. Oh, see, that's the. Okay, hold on. Yes. So that's the one I didn't get. Yeah, you didn't get the. You didn't get the actual. <laughs> some uh, conveniently that one's missing from. <laughs> you the know you every deleted other it. Text. Like, you deleted all the way down the hallway just now. So okay, so DJ, first the co-host doesn't show up, and then the, my producer doesn't call me back for the entire weekend, and then and then he finally calls me back this week. He goes, "Hey man, I feel really bad about not calling you back." And then what he does is he teases me. He goes, "How about Forrest Griffin? How about Brittany Palmer? How about?" And he just keeps goes on and on. How about the Pope? I mean, he just and then I go, "Cool, great, all right." And then uh, this one doesn't like you. Uh, the, the, uh, this one refuses to come in. Uh, this one doesn't like a joke you made. I'm like, well, why don't you ask them before you lead me on? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm well, so. Were those all true? Was that all true? No, they were all true. I'm pitching you, right? Yeah. So I want you to know, like, when I when I go to these guys, I want you to know that I'm working on them, because then I can hear, oh, I no, I don't like them. No, at one point, at one point, there was a guy. There was a guy who goes, he doesn't like you. Hey, can you write his article for him? That's what that was. That was the main one. He goes, hey, I go, yeah, I'm gonna ghostwrite for people that don't like me. That that was that was the best. That was the that that that, that was the greatest one I, I got so far. But uh, I like DJ. DJ, I, I love you, Adam, and I'm I'm sorry. But it's I okay. Had a great lunch, good meal. No worries, man. <laughs> Meanwhile, we had this yeah. rotten chicken sandwich for. Yeah, we 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 we, we both rushed over here. Cole Miller wants to fight me now. Uh, Dan Hardy, uh, uh, he, he, he came on. He was actually good. Uh, Cole Miller was great, too. Awesome. Uh, hopefully, this will make it on. We're, we're recording this, right? Okay, so, and then... Uh, <laughs> And what's his name? Patrick Cote was great. He called Jenna Jameson a uh, bitch on, on the thing. And then he went on and he said that uh, about Josh Barnett, he said, how could a guy be busted for steroids three times and still have man boobs? So I think, <laughs> I think that might be the title to our, 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 our new one. It might be like Meatloaf from a movie Fight Club. Remember? It's so funny. Like sometimes like, so I'm trying to get people to listen to our podcast. That's, you know, one of my, you know, I, we do the podcast, do the text from last fight. I go out there and I'm trying to get people to listen to it. So I, I have to then listen to it again and find like a quote to put on so last week i put cormier said he would break john jones and i put that on the underground right it gets like 60 people right but people are still not listening to the podcast they're just arguing over the quote i'm like (laughs) no no i'm putting this so that you guys i mean some people do and they go that was good and some people are actually quoting but it's funny it's like it's like you, you can't win it's like we're the laziest generation you have to not only like spell things out for people you have to give it to them you have to polish it package it package it Tell them, quote it. You can't just say listen to them. Force their fingers to hit the Force their fingers. It's like if I was up to me, I would go to everyone's house and make them listen to the podcast. I would literally go to people's houses. So anyway, the main event, Johnson uh, knocked out Benavidez. I I felt bad for Benavidez. I honestly, because I like the guy. He's called in before. uh, And we'll see how he recovers. I think he will recover. But they say that once you get knocked out once, every time it gets easier gets easier easier and easier and easier. Um... You know that that was rough. That was uh, that was rough to watch. Uh, Johnson's a beast. Johnson is a beast. So um, so yeah. So what else is going on? Tyron Tyron Woodley wants to fight. 
conned it. He's been. T- we talked about this on the show. Yeah, texting, texting. Yeah, data we talked about it on, on, on the actual show, or we talked off, off the air. I couldn't tell on the we, air. No, I think we were on the air. We were on the air. We we're on the air. Off the air. We're talking we weren't about. On yet. What? We weren't we're, on the air. Was, no. Oh, okay. See, I pay attention. I, all right. So, I, all right. When we listen, you're going to hear it. Again. Tyron Woodley, who, by the way, has been. We mentioned it twice. This who, is the third who, time. Come on our show. <laughs> he's been. I put his mom in the last text chat. Right. He's been very supportive. He's been texting Dana White 15 times a day to get this fight. And uh, why? And Dana says he likes the. the Dana's fact about to put a restraining order Dana on. Dana ch- had to change his number. <laughs> <laughs> he had to change his number because Tyron Woodley kept blowing him up. And um, the thing about it is, like, I think he should be able to fight Condit. I think that's a great fight. I think he beats Condit. I do too. I mean, I think he hits. He's ridiculously explosive. Ridiculously explosive. As long as he doesn't gas out. That's the only thing is that can if it's a five round fight. Will Condit, because sometimes Woodley comes in too in, in, in too good a shape. He overtrains. He looks like he's you know sculpted a, a, Adonis, yeah. and, and he sort of kind of gasses a little bit. That kind of happened in the Jake Shields fight. Muscles take a lot of blood. Muscles take a lot of blood. So that's the only issue. But I think he beats Condit. I think that that American right now, those three, him, Lombard, and Robbie Lawler, are Jesus. is becoming like the best camp for one seventy pounders. American top team. Yeah. I, I don't know. Those, and so a lot of times you are as good as your training partners. Yep. You have you, and you look at like Kane and, and uh, Cormier. Cormier. It's like you get certain, you get the guys at Team Alpha Male. When you get those guys together every day, you get that much better. And that's a, a good little uh, recipe. What, you know, they might say, they, you know, let's say Jake Shields, let's say uh, Lombard beat Shields. The UFC then Let, says, let's so, say. <laughs> Jake Shields, look. I like Hector Lombard. We've had him on, obviously. But Jake Shields is one of those guys that I was talking about before does not care about looking good. He just wants to win. And sometimes he gets in these ugly, boring, grinding-out fights, hence Damian Maya, uh, a la, you know, a la the first Woodley fight. He gets in these fights, but he, he wins. He wins these close Strange decisions, but he wins. And can he do that against Hector Lombard? I don't. I don't see that happening. Obviously, uh, honestly, I don't see that happening. I mean, I think that Hector Lombard, after losing, uh, dude, he's on a tear now. I think. I think mentally, he's like, no one's going to beat me from now I, on. I think so too. That's but if you look at the guys that beat Hector Lombard, the Okami and the um, what's his name, the guy from Maine, uh, Tim, Tim Bosch. Uh, yeah, Tim Bosch. Those are guys that Jake Shields is in that vein of guy fights like those guys. He he, but I agree. Those are in the past. But if you look at Ellenberger knocked out Jake Shields, I mean, right. Ellenberger hits like a beast, but so does uh, but so does Hector Lombard. Hector Lombard. So it's a good. Uh, by the way, it was funny. Like I, I like wrote on the text from last fight. I wrote um. So I called uh, Tim Kennedy a, a professional. Tr- I talk about this too. Troll. A professional troll. I yeah. didn't talk about. That. I didn't talk about this on the podcast. Did I mention it's not on the podcast? Josh? <laughs> no. Okay. So I, I called him a, a a professional troll right. on the text from last fight. I, I had Bisbing say it, and then he, last night Tim Kennedy writes. So MMA Rose called me, said I only got into fighting so I could one day become a, a, a professional troll. That is true. <laughs> he goes, I love busting people's chops. Which, and then, every, you know, I love Tim Kennedy. That guy is awesome. Another guy that, like, nobody, wa- he should get a fight also. But they're not giving him a fight. They don't, I don't understand. They, they're going to give him a fight. But there are certain guys out there that I think should, uh, I mean, they, you know, their personalities as well as, you know. It was uh, Ben Askren, by the way, tweeted when um, uh, the guy from Bellator came over. 
what's his name? And beat uh, Jorgensen, the guy who beat Jorgensen. Um, what's his name? He, uh, he, the guy just beat Jorgensen. This little just, guy, uh, fun just, size, Zach Markovsky. We just talked to him, right? The Zach Markovsky. No, he, he hasn't talked to him. No. Um, but thanks for paying attention. So Zach, so Zach, <laughs> Zach Markovsky came in to the UFC and beat Jorgensen. And then uh, Ben Askren tweets, "Wow, a guy from Bellator beat a top ten guy in the UFC. Who would have thought that? Who like who would have seen that coming? Like he's such a wise guy, Ben right. Askren. But then uh, and he also uh, retweeted text from last fight Askren because I put him all in it. And uh, here's another guy, man. Nice. I, he's Askren's being screwed. We should have a save Ben Askren T-shirt campaign or like." So is that fight happening between him and uh, Baroni? Him and Baroni is that is that for real? I don't know. I think Baroni says he's going to one fifty five. He said, which oh. uh, I don't know if he could make one fifty five. <laughs> if he loses a leg, one hundred fifty five bong hits he's going to take. <laughs> but I, I like Baroni. I mean, I, look, I, I will. There's a difference between who I want to win <laughs> and who I think is going to win. Uh, who I want to win that fight? Phil Baroni all day long. I mean, you got. I love Phil Baroni. He calls it. He's great. Who I think is going to win, I'll, I'll let you guys decide. But, but I mean, do, who I want to win, who I'm rooting for, sure. You know, I would, I, would, I would have sex with the ugliest, fattest girl to have Phil Baroni beat win that fight. That's, that's how much I would like for him to win. You, you've done it for nothing. That's a good point. <laughs> that, that's a really good, that's a very good, yeah. I, I've, I've like done it to watch a Phil Baroni fight on like YouTube. But. <laughs> But I'm a Baroni fan. I mean, how could you not like Phil Baroni? So uh, another thing going on, Dana White, they raised the price of the pay-per-view up $5. That was this one-time thing, though. Well, co- well supposedly it's a one-time thing, but it's, 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 it's this time. And a lot of people are, are really angry about this. They're saying, like, come on, you promised you wouldn't raise the $5. Look. But what's the purpose of doing it for the one time? Like- well, I think it's eventually it's probably going to stay up there. You know, um, however, It's like now $60, I think it is. And, um, you know... Jesus. It, it is expensive. However, if you compare it to boxing, right, which with the Mayweather fight was, what, $70 or $79, HD. Yeah, but you're also paying Mayweather $30 million as opposed to That's the other argument. However, you are getting, like, 12 good fights. Or, you know, you're getting, like, five of them for free on the undercard. But you're getting seven or six really good fights. I mean, that, that card itself. You got they Wyman, might break a million dollars. You got Weidman Silva, Rousey Tate. You have, uh, what's his name we just talked about? Josh Barnett. Barnett Brown. Brown. I mean, the whole card is good. Yeah. So, you know. I don't know. I, 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 see, I see both sides. I could see both sides of every argument, but I, I would pay it if I had to. So um, It's a great card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... Uh, Fox is getting us tickets to that fight, right? Absolutely not. Really? <laughs> <laughs> have you, you know what's funny, though? Like, I, you've been to, obviously, many fights. Yeah, yeah. How many fights have you been to? About 20, 30? Probably about 20. I'd rather watch, unless I'm sitting in the front row. Yeah, when you're sitting on the floor, it's, I, I love it down there. But if I'm not sitting on the floor, drunk. I'd rather I'd rather watch it at home. <laughs> I'd rather watch it at home. Yeah. There, there's nothing worse than sitting having like mid. Not obviously a lot of things worse than that, but but having <laughs> having having mid level seats, and you know you're yeah, on there too, and that sucks. A bunch mid-level of morons seats. next to you, people screaming beards, yelling stuff. You can't really see. There's a post in the way. The referees in the way. Uh, sometimes I'd rather be at home. 
watching it. I could hear Rogan and Goldberg and hear the action. I bought, I, I bought one of those little devices, little headsets that let you listen to Rogan and Goldberg. While, and you're, it, while you're there? Yeah, well, it's, it's pretty dope. They sell them there, the thing, for like 10 bucks, and It's like a little headset. You put the little earbuds in, and then you can hear everything that's going on on TV. Wow. And it's pretty cool, because you can hear gold. Oh, NASCAR. look at it. NASCAR. Yeah. NASCAR it's pretty I dope. I wish I have that when I'm not at the fights. Like, I'm on like a date or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Just not listen to this nonsense. Yeah. So that's uh, pretty much the the show today. Anything else you want to cover? So uh, nope. We're gonna ha- we're gonna do we're gonna do two shows this week because we have um, it's the holidays. They're gonna take a break. Happy holiday. But there there was some great. I mean, look, there was some great fights. The du- is the Dwayne Ludwig era over? You think? No. I don't think so either. No. But at the same time, it's like he couldn't just keep winning every single fight. He couldn't. He couldn't go 190 and 0. I mean, that was that would have been, that would have been. But uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was you know that that was, that was rough. I was I was hoping uh, I was hoping he would have won. And they had the top 10 bad guys in MMA history on the underground. The top 10 bad. Guys. Who, who, do you, who do you think number one was? Uh, I would have to say the Iron Sheik. <laughs> just kidding. The underground. Uh, top 10 bad guys. I know. I know. Nick not, Diaz not, is gonna, Nick Diaz is number nine. Really? Yes. Number one bad guy. Lee Murray. Who? Yeah, exactly. So Lee Murray was this old school fighter that from England that would have been an amazing fighter. He he it was an amazing fighter. He knocked out Tito Ortiz in this famous story in a uh, street fight, uh, according to guys that were there back in like back in the day. Right. Uh, according to Tito, it never happened, but according to other guys, it happened. But he went to jail for a bank robbery. Uh, and this like very famous bank robbery, and uh, now he's in jail for life. So How about Joe Son? Joe Son's not there. I don't know. He should be there. He, 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 he murdered somebody. He, he, he raped someone. <laughs> he, raped he murdered and, and someone. Murdered somebody. And, yeah, and he's uh, also played a random task in. Um, and he was number two. Was number two. Was that? He was number two in Austin Powers. Well, his name was Random Task. It was supposed to be like odd job. I thought it was number two. Oh well, I, all right. So he just looked like number two. Biz, Bizbing <laughs> is number five. Uh, Vyastal Kalev uh, uh, Datsik um, I just butchered that name uh, Number two I think he's a hockey player <laughs> uh, 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 Gilbert Ivel is number three This, this is another, really? another list It's weird uh, Vandalay Silva is number four I don't know he's, he's the most beloved fighter I don't know how he, he, he makes He makes the bad guy list uh, Chael's number six That makes sense Koscheck number seven Brock's number eight Another guy, like I think people loved, um, and then uh, Gilbert number- Ivel's only a bad guy because he knocked out a ref, <laughs> which was hilarious. Uh, number nine is Nick Diaz, and number ten is Paul Daly. Where's Lieben? Not on the list. Yeah. Yeah. Off. This list is. Uh, who's making these lists? Um, but yeah, I mean, shouldn't uh, what's his name be there? Brian Caraway. He should be on that list. <laughs> I mean, he's a. Uh, so anyway, so that is our show. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, sorry to Cole Miller for being late. Thanks for being on the show. Uh, thank you to Patrick Cote. Thank you, Dan Hardy. Thank you, Lazy to Savage. Uh, thanks, DJ, for coming in two and a half hours late. I appreciate that. You're, Anytime. You're, Anytime you're, you need me to be late. You're, <laughs> you're a good dude, good dude. Josh, thank you. For filling in. No Please problem. tell us you hit record. Uh, we're going to find out pretty soon. Oh, God. Yes. T-Rex, where are you going to be? Uh, not here for the next podcast. No, I'm just yes. kidding. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I'll be at the Ha Ha Cafe on uh, Friday. Nice. Yeah. They Friday. asked me if you were funny, by the way. Did yeah, they, no, they, they didn't. They did. It goes, T-Rex funny? I said, uh, very she, funny. Really? Yeah. They love me over there. I'm wor- I, I was working there for like two months straight every weekend. I'm just playing. I know you don't. Yeah. So, uh, I will be at the Hollywood Improv Wednesday, Tuesday night at uh, 10 o'clock, and then I'll be at the uh, Inside Jokes Comedy Club Wednesday, Wednesday? night. Wednesday night, yeah. Nice. So uh, follow me at Evan May Roasted, adamhunter.com. ToddRex.com. ToddRex.com. And ToddRex on uh, social Thank you, Fox Sports, for having us. And uh, have a great week. Yeah!